Hello everyone, welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. My name is Patrick, I am joined by Seth, Steve, and no Josh this week. It is the first episode of 2022, and we are on episode 8. Say hi guys. Hello everyone. Hey everyone. Sadly, we have lost Josh. Uh, he's off sick this week. Hopefully, we'll be back uh, next week, back to our regularly scheduled programming. We took a bit of a break over the over the holidays. Our last one was the, the, the Christmas special, uh, what some would call our, our best episode yet. Uh, how, how have you guys' holidays been? Happy Happy New Year to all. Uh, what did we get up to? Start with you, Seth. What have you been up to? Uh, not a lot, honestly. I I played well. Actually, that's a lie. I got through a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in my backlog. But um, yeah, just generally playing games, watching things, and working. I see. And you, Steve? Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Um, I'm actively calling for genocide. So this is a call to arms. Uh, we must rise up and kill every single fucking fly in the fucking world. I'm fucking so sick of them. I hate fucking summer. I hate the fact that I opened my screen door to go outside and hang the clothes up and I'm invaded by like 50,000 of the fuckers. I hate this. I hate this fucking place. Yeah, summer's the absolute worst. What sort of fly? They should, instead of being calling flies, they should have just been called a noise. Yeah, but but what sort of fly is it though? They're just the housefly ones. The, the shit ones. Well, they're all flies are shit, but just the housefly ones. <laughs> just, just your garden variety shit housefly. I see. I see. Um... So I guess the New Year's resolutions for each of us, other than calling for a genocide of an entire uh, insect species, uh, anyone else want to? Uh, that'll get me into the pearly gates. Oh, congratulations, <laughs> Stephen! You did what you were put on earth to do. Thanks, big fella. Thanks, Saint Peter. Surely, 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 at that point you get to heaven, and then Saint Peter's just like, oh well, you know what? We also have a fly problem, and you loved it so much on earth that. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Round two. <laughs> Let's go. I. I don't think genocide is a way to get into heaven. I'll ask when I get out there. And we look forward to hearing how you get on. God damn it. Um, does anyone actually have any New Year's resolutions? Um, you know, your general ones, lose weight, uh, eat healthier. But um, I actually, like, an actual serious one is I do want to get a bit more into content creation, I guess. Like, oh, content creation word because whatever. But, like, do, doing better to get this podcast out. Maybe get into streaming some more. Just be better about that sort of thing yeah i was gonna say boy do i have the vehicle for you uh (laughs) (laughs) to create some content with the boys um i actually don't have any new year's resolutions because i think it's time for the year to improve rather than me Mm, you know what that's also a very fair call yeah that's that that is a take and one that i can get on board with (laughs) uh it's good that we don't have a dissenting opinion from josh for a change i think he'd agree this whole situation's been real bad. Yeah, and, and and that's what makes me uncomfortable because I'm just not, I'm still not really used to Josh agreeing with the rest of the group. It, it's, you know what I mean? It's like the 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 person that just changes overnight. It's a social taboo. Yeah, it, it is a little bit. Maybe we should, maybe we should, you know, <laughs> speak, speak more about it and really, you know, just encourage the conversation. Um, people might be hearing that I'm on a new microphone. Uh, that was uh, part of an upgrade that I got in the Boxing Day sales. Very proud of myself. I no longer sound like I'm on the other side of a Zoom call, hopefully. Uh, I will find out when I listen back to this. <laughs> I will do everything I can to sabotage your mic quality. And I would expect nothing less from you. Um, I guess people will be dying to know what our final Christmas song count was. Mine still remained at about two. Yeah, mine was like the one time I heard it in a meme. No, I uh, I broke around about the 20th and I just started like Christmas carols were just always on in the background. Wait, wait, wait. You, you leaned in? Yeah, I leaned into it. You just gotta oh. lean in. You just gotta, you just gotta go with the flow. Like so, um, maybe just like one or two, and then it's a very slippery slope to, 
the big Christmas playlist and it's like, oh, wow, how good. I love Christmas. And then it's just sort of like a, all right, I'm done. I'm sick of it. Boxing Day has hit. I'm like, all right, cool. See you next year playlist. I probably should come clean in that I, I also, uh, I didn't actively put Christmas songs on, but we had the big family Christmas at, at mum and dad's place. And yeah, quite a lot of Christmas music happened to be happened to be playing. So my telly out in the out in the wild, out in the, the COVID filled wild west where we all live uh, was about two to three. Well, I guess more so for you two than me, but uh, all up Christmas songs, yeah, somewhere in the in the tens, uh, as would be expected, I think. Yeah, no, see, I don't, I, I refuse to go out in this, uh, in this COVID season that's ha- hitting Sydney really badly. So it, it just didn't happen for me hitting it in the wild. It's just a head, it's just a head cold. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> surprisingly though, I didn't even hear them while um at doing grocery shopping at Woolies and stuff. So. Yeah, I'm really surprised by that. I somehow managed to avoid it the entire Christmas season. I get the feeling if you work at like retail shops, you sh- you're entitled to compensation around this time of year because it's atrocious and you just go mad. Yeah, no. Uh, I I worked at, I worked um at Coles for a little while and yeah, it's it's a really bad time of year. But I believe the Christmas song goes, "It's the most wonderful time of the year." Is that is that not the case? Not for retail, no. <laughs> not for retail. <laughs> That's fair enough, actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I don't really know that that would be too much to to talk about. We sort of it's been it's been such a break since the 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 Christmas New Year break that it's kind of we're sort of post Christmas sufficiently at this point that probably not a huge amount. Well, I certainly can't remember uh, as much as I you know would be if we were recording the the week after New Year's. But here we are, uh, sans Josh, of course. But shall we go into around the lounge for the first episode of twenty twenty two? Let's uh, do it. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> Shall we start with Seth? Okay, so topping off my list, I finished Final Fantasy fourteen after uh, our last recording cucked me out of it the last mission. Um, that that was a lot of fun. Uh, I finished The Office over the break. I also finished Cobra Kai Season 4. And an optional topic I can talk about if we have time to do it is I played through the entirety of Doom. If we have time to talk about the entirety of Doom, I am sure we will try and get to that. Uh, Steve, what about you? Um, yeah, so I've got a phone update for us all. On Remember, that's a thing. Um, I'm going through and enjoying the wonderful world of Persona 4 Golden. and Such a good game. Such a good God, I'm coming home. I love it so much. Um, I played Yakuza 3 Remastered, um, and that is a Yakuza game in all for intents and purposes. And I dabbled into One Piece Pirate Warriors 4. Wow. Okay. Um, we're gonna we're just gonna uh, screw the order. What's the phone update? Okay. So, um, it's it was like start of December. I handed the phone into the retailer and they sent it away. And I've been keeping tabs on it every week. I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah. Sorry. So, w- w- which arc are we in now? Is this season two or? I'd say this is nearly the redemption arc because. Ooh, okay. Um. So I checked it yesterday morning and I'm like, oh, that's where's the phone at? Maybe because of um, they're just going to use the excuse of COVID that it hasn't been delivered yet, whatever. So it says it's received at the warehouse. I'm like, yeah, cool. They'll assess it. They'll let me know hopefully soon, whatever. Um, I get a text message today at about 2 o'clock saying, oh, yeah, we've got your phone ready for pickup. And I'm like, oh, is it going to cost me anything? I don't know. So I tried to give them a call this afternoon um, and they didn't pick up probably because of COVID or whatever excuse they want to use. So I'm going to trot down tomorrow and be like, hey, give me back my phone. And if they ask me to pay for it, I'm going to pay for it because I'm be too scared to arc up to the poor retail employee. <laughs> they, they've had a rough uh, couple of months. Give them, give them a break. And working in retail as well. Like, I don't want to be that guy. Um, 
if it makes you feel better, you'll be at least a fifth guy that day. Yeah. <laughs> no, no matter what time you show up. Yeah. yeah uh, towards the end. Hopefully I'll get someone in a good mood. It's like, oh, no worries. You get more flies with vine- with honey than vinegar, right? Yeah, exactly. Watch what what watch you just go through all the dialogue prompts to get the the poor retail employee to pay for your phone for you. <laughs> Bad ending. You pay for the phone and they don't fix it. <laughs> I reckon if it, does, if it doesn't get fixed, I'm just going to cave and just buy a different phone and then absolutely start crying about flip phones until the day I die. The uh the new flip models have been really good. I've had mine since it released in September and it's been holding up fairly well. No, but the funniest thing though is in the middle of December after I went through all this rigmarole, I get a me- I get like three people send me a message saying, "Oh, this is like the model above from you and it's cheaper than what you paid for it. Should I get it?" <laughs> and I just like had a stroke and I'm like, "Please don't message me again." <laughs> this is not the Christmas present that I wanted, but thanks. But I don't know, there's that voice in the back of my head that's like, yeah, come on, Steve, you just got bad luck. Like, surely, like, two in a row, surely not. But yeah, that is what it is. I'll just leave it at that. I'll have, a, I'll have hopefully the saga will be over um, next week, and I'll have good news. Yeah, let's be optimistic. Let's go. I, I, I love that uh, if it all goes well, Josh coming back to the podcast will be the second best news we can report next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, looking forward to that. Um, before we jump into either of your weeks, actually, I, I have, uh, welcome back to Patrick Wildly Runs for five minutes. We'll see how we go. Um, I, over the break, uh, because I didn't have any gaming capable computer with me while at my parents' place, uh, rekindled my Vita, actually paid Sony, like, I think 15 bucks, weirdly, for, uh, Arctic Edge, uh, on the PlayStation Store, just because... It would have cost me, yeah, but it would have cost me like 15 bucks to rekindle my PlayStation Plus subscription. So it was kind of like, I'm only going to need it for this month. I might as well just buy the game and <laughs> I have the game forever. Um, but that's what I spent most of my time doing. And then I also actually got into Slay the Spire uh, a bit on, on Switch finally, which was kind of fun. Uh, but Arctic Edge, I just want to get gauge, gauge the opinions of the group because I have, I have some thoughts on this game. I love Motorstorm. It's been a hot, it's been a hot minute since I played the Motorstorm games, but I loved them. Yeah, they, I, they I, are great. I, I played, I played the second one, uh, Pacific. Pacific uh, Rift. Yeah, Pacific Rift. I always want to say Pacific Rim. For so that. do I. So do I. And someone corrected me, and he's like, "No, that that's the that's the anime movie." That, yeah, but yeah, Pacific Rift. I played for a good while, and yeah. a little bit of Arctic Edge. My brother had it on PSP, but um, one of our cousins. Uh, uh, completely destroyed that game. So you know how UMD games uh, came in those little cases? I do. For some reason, one of our cousins thought it was a good idea to just snap that case open and put the disc into the PSP RAW. Aha! <gasps> that hurts me on a fundamental level that I cannot describe with words. Yeah, it's... Uh... I, I only really got to enjoy Arctic Edge for like a weekend. But yeah, uh, good memories of those games. They were all they were really fun. Yeah, and so the, the thing that I want to get the take on is that uh, first of all, I'm going to be talking about a PlayStation game that came out, I think, 14 years ago at this point. Oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> and it wasn't even made by the same developers, which... I didn't play it, but a quick Google search is... It, it brings about a vague recollection in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, it's kind of like a class-based racing game. You could, you could kind of think of it like that, with a heavy bias towards off-road. Really fun. Uh, and I don't remember struggling with any of the games. Um, back when they, you know, were actually new when I played them. And I also played Pacific Rift, the most of the three. Uh, well, four, I guess, technically, with Arctic Edge. But the, the thing that got me is that 
uh i have played arctic edge just the odd event whatever in the past but this one i actually started going through the campaign and it started really easy you know beating ai by multiple minutes and that's fine because that's you know a little bit too easy but you expect it to ramp up but if if you're in a game right that you cannot determine the difficulty of your opponents there's no like difficulty slider there's no option to turn it into easy mode or anything would you expect that as part of that difficulty curve your opponents would become unfair or they would just become faster than you and there was nothing that you would be able to do to keep up. Oh, so the Jack 2 mentality of difficulty. Probably. That's a reference that I can't really speak to, but yeah, if it sounds like a Jack, Jack 2, 2 thing, then yeah, the, then the Jack 2 mentality. What are your thoughts on the Jack 2 mentality? Jack 2 is a... It's, so Jack 2 is like one of my favorite games ever, but it is a very unfair game. Um, it's it's pretty easy to get through, but uh, if you die, the checkpoints are very st- stupidly sporadic in that game. And there are, there are like four different mis- uh, missions in that game that are described as that mission where it's just an absurd difficulty spike that's almost impossible to beat. Is it like artificially... Is it the game cheating to beat you, I mean? It's the game throwing too much at you. Ah, uh, okay. That's always shit. In, in Arctic Edge's cases, uh, it, it's it's the game just actually cheating. So what I mean is, um, if I... So if I... Trying to think of the best way to describe this. So, um, all of the tracks, right? So, uh, um, Motorstorm at, at its core is they give you a, a selection of different classes of vehicle, and they all have different stats, and they're all better at some things and worse at other things. And so, the whole idea is that if you get a mix, like if if you have a grid of fourteen cars, you get a bit uh, a mix of classes, and um, there are various splitting routes, some that will favor one class over another, and you expect that the stats of those classes to become really apparent when one class has an advantage over another. So for example, one of the classes would be a motorbike. And a motorbike is really great when it's uh, quite light terrain, very bumpy, lots of jumps, that kind of thing. And another class of car would be something like a big rig, which, because it's a giant heavy thing, uh, doesn't deal with bumps and jumps that well. It, it prefers uh, stable, uh, quite like muddy, dense terrain that it can just plow through because it's so heavy and, and large and sort of catch up that way so if i'm playing a let's say i'm doing a time trial in arctic edge right if i pick say a bike and if i learn the track and figure out the best route for a bike if i do that in a race i would expect that if i execute perfectly and i take the bike route every time and there's nothing random like you know uh crashing all the time or anything else that i would expect to do well well being i don't know top three or, or whatever you want, but but that, that you do well enough. But I'm at the stage where I think I'm just over halfway through the campaign at this point, and the game has already gotten to the point where it doesn't matter what class of vehicle you pick, every other class is always faster than you on every part of the terrain. And it's kind yeah. of annoying. <laughs> because yeah, that kind of thing really sucks, especially if it's got rubber banding in the game. I... I'm not actually sure if it has rubber banding. I think it's just a performance bias on opponent cars. Okay. But it's a really it's a really bad I I think it's actually poor game design because a game like Motorstorm really uh tries to sell itself as being this sort of chaotic multiplayer kind of focused racer. And so you learn a lot of really bad habits if just trying to survive the campaign you think, "Oh, here I am on the, the route that's basically designed for bikes, but a snowplow is going faster than me on this route. Therefore, I should drive a snowplow on this route and be faster than than the bike that I'm in. But that's just not that's not reality. Like, if I swap to a snowplow and I do the same route that I just did in the bike, I, 
I just get like trashed. <laughs> and so, and so it's really hard to, to fight the mentality of there's someone beating me. I can't just copy them to, to do better. I have to kind of cheese my way to victory in every race. And so it went from, you know, beating every race by multiple minutes to now, uh, because I'm a completionist trying to like hundred or trying to get like first place in every event, it would take me like 30 or 40 minutes of doing the same event over and over again to get first place because I would always get somewhere in the top five or six, but I would just have it just ripped out from under me when I'm going at absolutely full speed in any car you can think, like a rally car is the fastest thing in the game, full speed stat and everything. And then a big rig will just accelerate faster than me on the finish line. Like what, what am I, what, like I am so powerless in this situation that it's annoying <laughs> and it happens frequently enough. And yes, I get it's a 14 year old game, yada, yada, yada. But I don't remember that that being such a big issue in Pacific Rift, but it's, uh, I, I don't think that that sort of mechanic is fair. And I'm wondering what the what the lounge's thoughts on that are. Am I am I in the right? Am I in the wrong? No, you're definitely in the right. That sort of thing is uh, really frustrating to deal with, and it's it's the same as rubber banding. That it's a mechanic that's supposed to uh, bring difficulty into the races when uh, you've got to a point of being really proficient. But it's more annoying to deal with than it is like an actual fair difficulty challenge. Yeah. Yeah, and it's artificially making it difficult as well. Like, there's nothing you can do about it essentially like it gets to a certain point where like okay i've like mastered this game if the game is literally telling you oh well too bad you can be as good as you want we're just gonna fuck you around that that's kind of the state that i'm in i think because like yeah you're like if if i'm if i'm doing something and then you know i'm just beaten by a car that is just proportionally the same but just making smarter decisions fine 100 i i can learn from that but i don't really derive any improvements in my own gameplay when i'm watching every car just accelerate faster than me no matter where I am or what I'm driving. Um, With a higher top speed and better handling. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a really funny video on... Uh, it was on the Horizon 5 subreddit. Uh, slight tangent before I finish up. That, that was basically the rant. So rant's over. But there was just a funny video that it just I just remembered uh, in Forza Horizon 5 where you can set the driver to difficulty to unbeatable. And what someone did was they, they made it so that every car... Uh, was an unbeatable driver tar, but they were all driving the same car. So they were all identical cars, right? And it was a drag race down down an airport strip. And it's so funny because they do the three, two, one, go, and then they all accelerate. And there's a line of about eight of them. And seven of them, being all the driver tars, are just 20 meters ahead of the guy. Like in a line, perfectly. Like no no deviation at all. It's just the seven driver tars are faster than him by 20 meters. And then that's him accelerating as fast as you can and he just went what is the point <laughs> and it's like yeah what is the point like i get that they're unbeatable that that's kind of what it said like they're doing what it says on the tin but you can set it to that right like you could also set it to just be expert or just be a slightly below unbeatable difficulty and then there's still some kind of challenge but what the hell are you supposed to do that like identical cars and they just beat you maybe it's a thrill of the attempt like you you think you're going to try and try and try and get better, but it's just that purple jag that you can never reach. But what if you were also then the purple jag? Then it becomes a mind game. Why Why can't I mentally break through the wall that would get me a 20, 20 extra meters in a drag race down an airport? Well, as they used to say in the olden days, get good. Ah, <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, I did see that adage thrown around. Because I actually looked this up on the forums too. I went like, hey, like, 
I, I looked up, you know, like Arctic Edge unfair <laughs> unfair AI or whatever and found this forum posts from, <laughs> yeah, from 10 years ago wondering if there were other people that wanted to shoot on a game that was 14 years old. And weirdly, a lot of the forums were like, yeah, Arctic Edge sucks, like, for that. But Pacific Rift was worst. <laughs> um, but, but Pacific Rift was there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I remember thinking, like, I don't know, me, me playing Pacific Rift, which was 20... Ooh, when did that come out? At least 10 years ago now. But like a 10 year younger me must have just been a fiend at racing games because I do not remember struggling nearly as much <laughs> trying or was to it beat... you just had the time to keep like re-attempting and yeah it's a PS2 it, it... game more likely it was 15 years ago well it was PS3. PS3 game oh it's PS3 I, oh, okay sorry PS3. No, I, I should yeah. not have looked this up because I just realised and got hit in the gut that it's a game from 2008 oh I was really worried oh, you'd say that it was that. 15 years old yeah oh. Is that when the PS3 was out? Fucking hell. Yeah, the PS3, the, the PS3 came out in 2006. The 360 came out in 2005. Yeah. Wow. So people will argue, and I agree with them, that those consoles are now considered retro. <laughs> Let's, that's that's an interesting topic. take. <laughs> I hate this. Anyway, on that absolute <laughs> bombshell of a note. Everyone's old. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if... The, if the uh, if the SNES could be retro when the PS2 was around, the PS3 and 360 can be retro when we're on the PS5. I guess so. It's I guess so. Gener- yeah, I, I don't know that I like the logic, but I can't fault it. Yeah. So, uh, we, we'll, we'll actually move into people's actual weeks. So we got the phone update, and then we got a random Arctic Edge discussion. <laughs> Welcome back to the retro game discussion cast. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, shall, we, shall we continue with your week, Steve? Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's more like a month, because I just didn't play all these games in a week. It's been been a hot minute uh so i'll start off with like the one piece pirate warriors 4 because it's semi short of what i want to talk about it so essentially it falls right into the category of like the like the dynasty warriors series like if you're one person and you're up against like armies and armies and armies and it's like it you can end up getting to like essentially i think they call it a ko count because you don't kill anybody in one piece right um you go up to like the thousands or two thousands or even three thousands or four thousands and some long ones. I think it's even a KO count in the Dynasty Warriors games. Is it? Or Samurai Warriors at least. Ah, uh, man, I haven't played. I, I think I would have played Dynasty Warriors like three or four million years ago. And I was like, this game is fucking weird. I hate it because it just throws a million characters at you. But then <clears throat> the One Piece Pirate Warriors game is essentially the same thing. Like I'm a bit, really big fan of One Piece. Um, read the manga. Don't watch the anime because it's pacing shit. Wait, so so did did One Piece did One Piece pirate the Dynasty Warriors style? Nah, I think they've got like some agreement on with um. I think it's I think it's the same developers. Yeah, it's the same developers of the agreement with uh, Koei Tecmo. I think are the developers. Um, but, uh, I think I think it's One Piece is by Namco, but no, maybe it, it's. Well, I, I'd have to double check that. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's a, an aside. Um, so it's it's really good if you're sort of like. One Piece, like it's got, I think, over 25, 30 characters, which is pretty good for like a Warriors sort of franchise game. Um, each player, like, so there are also obviously going to be good characters and bad characters. Obviously, the main characters are really good, and the side characters are like, oh, okay, this is a gimmick and shit. But uh, you don't really feel <laughs> like side characters are like completely useless. Like, they've all got, they all play uniquely, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and it sort of does follow the hot beats from the story, and there is sort of like a, a sort of side thing, arena, not arena base, but like it's just, it puts you in like a, a zone and you've got to defeat it all and then you're sort of done with it. Um, it's, it's like a mini battlefield. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. 
And like, I had a really good time with it. I played it probably about like 10 hours and 100% of it. I'm like, okay, I'm done. And then that was it. Like it's, it just. Wait, wait it, really? 10 hours to 100% it? No, no, no. So it's, well, actually probably maybe closer to 15. Actually, I didn't really check. And there's a couple, that, that still feels pretty short for one of those type of games. The achievements were sort of like very different. Um, and it got towards the end, it got pretty grindy. So I'd say it's probably about like four or five hours for the main story and then four or five hours for like the grindy parts towards the end because you've got to grind up to make like one character really strong so you can beat those later levels because it i wouldn't say it's unfair but if you were trying to try out the different characters and or anything it you'd be like massively under leveled which means you'd have to go back and grind which is what i had to do so realistically you probably could if you'd if you wanted to not play it very fun and just play like one character and that's it like luffy or zoro or something it would only be like six hours but no i sort of i tried out all the characters i tried out a bunch of the different modes i really enjoyed it if you're if you're a fan of one piece it's pretty good um it's on game pass now it came out in game pass two weeks after i bought the game of course <laughs> that's the curse. always happens always how, how much did curse. you pay for it though how much did you lose i i got it for like 60 percent off so i think it was like 30 bucks um, but like all anime games never get below 30 bucks because they're all licensed and all that type of thing. There is a bunch of DLC characters and there's like nine characters in total that they've released through character packs. And from what I've seen online, they're pretty good. Um, like the, the characters are all unique and they're not just sort of like, oh, here's a bunch of swimsuit costumes. <laughs> this is fucking shit. Uh, so if you're a really good fan of One Piece, pick it up. If you're a fan of the Warriors sort of series, pick it up as well it's pretty good it's on game pass full, full, full price or when discounted on game pass uh i'm a very big advocate of never paying anything for full price so on sale if you're a really big fan you've already got it by now because it came out like two or three years ago i think um so if you see it for like 30 bucks and you're sort of into it maybe look up a couple of videos on youtube because some people think it's like a, a big one piece battle thing but it's just essentially you're pressing um the X button and the Y button <laughs> a lot, which I, it's still fun that I get really excited playing it, but yeah, I, I, I'd recommend it. I'd so, so you bought an auto clicker for 60% off. When you put it like that, all games are auto clickers. <laughs> 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 but yes. Listen, I didn't come here to get abused by Devil May Cry like this. <laughs> so essentially all games are RPGs because you're putting yourself in the role. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that's One Piece Fight Warriors. Um, I just as sort of a little bit of a note as well. I played Yakuza Three as well, the remastered that's on Game Pass. Um, if you're a fan of the Yakuza series, because I played Zero, Kiwami, and Kiwami Two, those are fantastic. Kamurocho is fantastic. The, the combat's fantastic. Story's a bit meh, but it's a Yakuza game. It is what it is. Yakuza Three was the uh, the first one I ever played for the Yakuza series, and I've got a very good, big soft spot for that game. I love everything about it. Well, you're not going to like it. I've got to say about it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. It's, round, round one for today, because I already know we've got another round coming yeah, later. It's probably unfair, because it is a remastered version. And, and, I, and, I, did, and I did play Zero, uh, Kiwami 1 and Kiwami 2, and for, for those that don't know, Zero is a prequel that was that came out before I think it was like uh, sorry that came out after Yakuza Six quite a while away and then Yakuza One and Yakuza Two are pretty much rebuilds of the PS2 games. Yeah, yeah, I I completely get it if you I completely get it if you've come from like later entries 
because Yakuza 3 is uh, is an older game and every game's built up from the last one to make better and better experiences. Yeah. So go, going backwards is a bit rougher on those uh, those games. Yeah, but uh, but on the story, the story was I fucking love that story. It gets insane. It, it, I, I just went too insane, I think. And I will try and like link all these threads together and then or Spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about the ending, so you skip ahead if you don't like it. It's like, it ends, they beat the bad guy, and then there's, oh, like, this other sort of minor character that was killed off, what you thought was killed off off-screen comes back, and he just stabs you, and you're like, oh, shit, is this it? And then it's, like, credits, and it's like, oh, no, he's actually all right. And then post-credit, you stab him? No, no, that's it. Like, post-credits, just go back into the sub-stories, and that's it. Yeah, Yakuza 4 continues that storyline yeah. a little bit. With you getting like months of physiotherapy in a hospital from being stabbed. <laughs> yes. Exciting gameplay, it's, cannot it's wait. Physiotherapy simulator. But the most important <laughs> thing about Yakuza 3, he's running an orphanage in Okinawa, and it's called Morning Glory. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's not a great name, but I love that orphanage. Yeah, those, the orphanage kids... is good. And all the kids have like pretty good development. That's, even though, that, that, like... that's the problem, Seth. We think you might love the orphanage too much. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that kid that uh, that kid that wants to become a wrestler but was dealing Let's with... Let's just like, leave this discussion here and move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's a good story. <laughs> it is a good story. And they do sort of uh, develop the kids as well. And I've just started Yakuza 4, but like, I haven't really gone that far with it. Um, so I'll talk about that probably next week, the week after. But the... Biggest item. I'm not talking about Yakuza anymore. We're talking about Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll leave Yakuza for later. <laughs> God, Seth I love is, Persona. Seth is now going to suddenly add. Oh yeah, I also played Yakuza 3 to his week. Can't wait. <laughs> it's on Game Pass. You can get it if you want to play it. <laughs> Rumors... Not for long. It's not. <laughs> okay. Well, Xbox release there. What's leaving on the 31st? And the Yakuza series wasn't in there, so I I, I might have been a bit panicky about that. Um. But anyway, so Persona 4 Golden, holy shit. God, I love it so much. Holy shit. I put like 55 hours into it over the past like three or four weeks. And I have zero regrets. Like, I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, I remember my first run of that game taking me about 80 hours and I thought that was a long game. Yeah, I yeah. played Persona 5 and that took 110. Yeah. Oh, so it's so I played the original Persona 4, like I emulated it about like six years ago now. And now that Golden came to Steam, I bought it um, for like 20 bucks when it was on sale. And uh, it's just so good. Like it, it, The motion blur shit when you're in the overworld, it gets a bit framey in like weird areas, but I'm not sure if that's just me running it on my laptop. And the combat is like, really repetitive the dungeons are more or less the same but the story around it the characters that it builds up oh mwah. oh the voice acting oh everything about it. I've, I've i've listened to it in dubbed shamelessly no that's fine i i think most western persona fans listen to it in dub but, but like, the voice <laughs> the voice acting is like spot on the only thing that's a bit weird is they use like the japanese suffixes so it's like um i i think Yosuke that's fine and, because it, i think it's I fucking think weird like, it doesn't translate. I think it's fine because the games are supposed to be set in Japan, so when you do it from that mindset, I think it's okay. Yeah, I guess it's just weird. And I guess it's sort of like the... Like, Senpai doesn't really have a equivalent term, and there's a couple of characters that use that, to, like, 24-7 every fucking third word. Um, I'm looking at you, Rize. Um Best girl also checking in. It just doesn't... I'm wrong, but ah, no, here we go. Why through chat? Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so the best girl is obviously Kanji. <laughs> no, it's Teddy because he wins the um 
the cross dressing contest. I just watched that this morning. That was rigged. <laughs> it wasn't, but yeah, of course it was. Yeah, because without him, you get no swimsuit competition, and of course you need that fan service. Um, exactly. Uh, <laughs> All that fan service of underage girls. <laughs> <laughs> so this morning glory ride, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, believe that this is our first episode of 2022 and it's going to be the one that cancels us and Josh isn't <laughs> even here to see it. It's probably for the best. I, um, can, I can almost hear the emails arriving in, in the FTL inbox right now. Well, how, how vocal are we on Twitter? Like, just don't post it on Twitter. It'll be right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Persona fans don't mind. Yeah, well, you get what you pay for. Um, but yeah, it's made me very more appreciative of how good Persona 5 is. Um like the story in Persona Five is weaker than Persona Four, in my opinion. But the dungeons in Persona Five are better, and the combat's a bit more dynamic. Um, but yeah, oh god, I love Persona so much. Like I cannot recommend it enough to anybody. The only thing that would probably deter people is like the sheer amount of content and time. Um, and yeah, no, they're big games. Yeah, and when I first played it, it was like my first Persona game, and it's very easy to get overwhelmed with. Which, which social links you got to level up and how you've got to increase your own attributes to get uh, like some interactions are gated behind it. Or if you don't score well on the test, um, your uncle doesn't give you like 75 grand for no reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the only thing, the only, it's only weakness is probably the combat. It get, does get very samey to the point where it was like, oh no, it's a dungeon. I'll sit here and sort of play it with like a, something else on in the background for an hour and a half. Yeah, mm, it's, it's funny you mentioned those sort of locked, uh, like gated things early on because they're very much like New Game Plus sort of uh, things you'd think about. But it's, mm. it's such a big game that a New Game Plus features feel really weird in them. <laughs> like, I just I just finished an 80-hour game. I don't want to do New Game Plus on that game. Yeah. I'm, I'm... Especially oh. when there's no real actual cutscene skip. It just fast-forwards through them. Oh, yeah. There are some parts where, like, I've... Um, like, I've... I'm not going to lie, I saved scum to get some of the good interactions. What are you going to do? Fuck off. <laughs> time is precious in that game. I save scum all if, the time. If, if you disagree with Steve's uh, save scumming, <laughs> feel free to tell us. Uh, email us. <laughs> I didn't save scum, but for Persona 5 Royal, I did um, I did some guides for specific social links. Uh, because so, I, because uh, uh, for Persona 5 Royal, I feel I, I was like scared that um, the, the final... Uh, third of that game was going to be locked behind some social links, so I wanted to make sure I had those kept out before they were locked away. So you, you looked up the, the 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 how to like the the wikia like make friends guide with pictures, five steps. Well, that's literally what it is. Like it's it'd be ten steps because it's ten social links, but oh sorry, ten steps in the social link, but it's close enough. Fair enough. You you just walk up and casually massage a child. Anyway, so there's this thing in Yakuza 3 called <laughs> Morning Glory. Right? I don't think that joke landed because no one here plays Street Fighter. <laughs> so there's this thing I, in Morning, I, morning Glory. Right? I, I don't think that joke landed because no one plays Street Fighter. I make a joke about walking up to a kid, but because you haven't played Street Fighter, the joke about walking up to a kid doesn't... If I'd played Street Fighter, would I have to fight the child? Is that is that the context I'm missing? Yes. <laughs> Okay, so back on Persona Four, <laughs> um, I I reckon it's probably one of the closest like games that I'd probably give a ten. Like I regret to say that I don't like giving games ten because I don't think any game is perfect type of thing. But this is fucking very close. 
Um, oh, who cares about that? Give uh, give what you enjoy a lot a ten. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, the combat buddy is just fucking shit. I hate the combat so fucking much. I'll give it a nine point nine. Um, fix the combat. Maybe in Persona Six, right? Hey, maybe. Yeah. Well, it's the the rumors are that it's coming to Switch. If people are really interested in it, playing it like portably or something. Um, it might even suit it better on the Switch because you've got that um like the sort of sleep feature so you can be like okay i've had this cutscene for 30 minutes i'm done i'll put it in the switch now <laughs> um because the cutscene some of them do go for a long time um but it's an yeah, inc- some I, of them drag yeah it, i do think it's an engaging story yeah cannot recommend it enough Fair enough. that's pretty much the update for me so before we get on to to seth's week i just want to touch on uh one of the things that we all kind of talked about but i think it would be an interesting tangent to go on just for a couple of minutes uh, it was the idea that a game, if it's announced that it's big enough, starts becoming a turnoff. As in, you know, you've paid, let's say, I don't know, Australia, New Zealand equivalent would be like 90 bucks for a game, for a new release game. And if someone tells you, oh, hey, that game's good for 10 hours, you're like, wow, that's like nine bucks an hour worth of, of content. That's not a great deal. But at the same time, if if they say, oh, you know, this $90 game's great, it's got a hundred hours of content in it you go that's a lot of time <laughs> i don't don't know if i want to commit to that what what what's what's the cutoff point for for you guys for buying a new game because there's got to be some number that you just look at and you're like nope no no too much i depend i think it depends yeah it depends oh, if it's well if that was it's cute like you a... said that at the same time <laughs> um yeah it depends on the type of game it is because I, I think a shorter experience for certain uh, games is better than longer. And then you get to the Ubisoft territory where it's a bland open world game that lasts hundreds upon hundreds of hours. And it's like, yeah, you, this didn't need to have this much content in it. Yeah, I'm in the same sort of boat. If it's like a just a weird gameplay loop thing, like you're doing the same thing just, to, just for the sake of artificially sort of lengthening it hate that like remember fallout 4 with its radiant quest and another settlement needs your help thanks preston <laughs> um like in theory the game will go forever but just doing the second fucking thing yeah so yeah meanwhile devil may cry 5 that i mentioned earlier is like a 10 hour game and i was very happy with that 10 hours and i've turned that into 150 hours just replaying it well, i mean that, that's basically me with borderlands 2 right like most people go through that game in 15 hours and i've got 800 in it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> what What's the anyway? <laughs> what's, the, what's the loop in Borderlands? You can play for eight hundred hours. Though. Oh like no! Arenas? Max out every character. Yeah, max it out because because ah, you, you got you got the normal playthrough, then you got true vault hunter mode, then you got ultimate vault hunter mode, and then you've got the like um, raid uh, raid on Digistruct Peak, which is like the the overkill levels. It's yeah, it's the 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 main loop per se is basically either farming endgame bosses or just rerunning the story, which you have to do. A weird number of times across six characters and three playthroughs each. I mean, that's that's eighteen times like by default. But then, some of the farms you want to do uh, when you're max level, and they'll be like mission. Uh, they'll be tied to missions, so you want to do it when you're max level. Otherwise, you know, you'll be a level or two behind getting that gun as a mission reward. So you got to go do it again anyway. Anyway, uh, that that wasn't really the tangent I wanted to get into. But um, the 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 point being, um, yeah, that that was sort of my feeling as well. Obviously, it depends, right? Because you know, two games might have wildly different gameplay loops and have a similar length of time and it would work well for one and wouldn't work well for the other uh the interesting one um actually it's it's related to that but uh, i'll also put it in here before seth's week uh was it i think 
two of the three of you guys, obviously, including Josh, we're going to talk about playing It Takes Two over the break. Did, did anyone get to that? Um, I haven't yet. Josh and I played it. Um, I completely forgot about it, to be honest. Uh, I'll wait for Josh's here and we can bounce around and get his thoughts. I get the feeling his thoughts are very similar to mine. Um, was it worth the game of the year? No. Um, <laughs> maybe it was because we had a bit of connectivity issues. Um it just seemed I always seemed to be like a couple frames behind him and we encountered one boss that like literally like glitched out and broke on us so we had to restart the game um, we had a couple oh, wow. of things where like we couldn't join the server or something because we were playing it online so maybe if it was like couch co-op or maybe if we had a stable internet connection it well I say we I'm pretty sure it was from my end but then like because the way it works is like it splits the screen into two and you can see what you're doing on one screen, and you can see what your partner's doing on the other screen. Like, even, like, we were playing online, and it, like, sort of wigged me out. So his was coming through, like, crystal clear um, on his, sort of, oh, on what, he, what his oh, screen was rough. showing me, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, on yeah, my yeah. screen, I always seemed to be, like, a couple of frames behind, and there was a couple That's of, like, so, fiddly that would things. That trippy as hell. And it looked like it was working, but, like, it just wasn't going through, and it was pretty frustrating. That that sounds like a really really bad experience compared to what I had with a way out because I played their last game with a with a friend and um yeah it was it was smooth the entire time we played it so that that's kind of concerning that they got it right once and then from the sounds of it messed it up the second time round yeah yeah maybe it would have been better if we were playing in like the same room um yeah no no maybe, I, maybe I was playing sort of... it I was playing it online as oh, well really? like it was oh, an online okay. connection. Mm. Yeah, um, I. Sorry, you you finish your point, Steve. Yeah, no, I just I just didn't have a. It like the story semi engaging, the gameplay is pretty good. It was just the connectivity issues. Like, if Josh came over to my house and we played it like ten hours straight or whatever, I'd probably it would have enjoyed it more. But at the same time, like, I. If you had an unstable internet connection, it would be atrocious. Probably the the worst part about it was that. Like I was on my laptop, so I didn't have, and I don't have an Ethernet port on this, so I wasn't like plugged right into the router. But then at the same time, I, you shouldn't have to be for these type of games, mm. and I never have that type of problem when I'm playing like other online games like Halo or anything. So I, yeah, I honestly don't know if it was like server side because because it one game there maybe it was mega popular, but yeah, it was I. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't recommend it to be honest. I I'm surprised by that. But I I'm also be surprised if it was a server thing because like since it's a two player game, I'd imagine it would have been a peer to peer connection instead of a server connection. Well, m- maybe it is. I'm not sure of all the the techno magic that goes on behind it. Um, but there was like there was one time where like we just could not play because there was like a server issue and it said like we just couldn't find each other. Yeah, that that's a bit concerning. Yeah, I do have one. I do have one question about the game though that you can probably answer with yeah, Josh. Uh, so I was listening to another podcast for ga- a game of the year discussion and they did a category that was called uh, most likely to be racist character and they gave that award to Cody, the main character from It Takes Two. Do, would you agree with that? Does he strike you as a character that would be racist? I would not allow him... Yes. It's a short answer, yes. I was trying to think of something funny. Um, but yes, he, he seems like the type of person that shows up to your house three hours like late, complains that there's no food left or there's, no, or there's only shit beers left, 
and then sort of just sort of overstays his welcome. He genuinely seems like the worst fucking character. Like I, like both they're both sort of semi unlikable. Um, Cody's the the husband, right? Yeah, yeah. Cody's the husband. Yeah. I can't remember the girl's name. Um, but the, and they're both semi unlikable. The way they're always sort of like bickering and fighting and blaming each other for their problems. But yeah, definitely Cody is the worst of the two. <laughs> That's such I, a good I'm category. Glad, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, that you agreed with that takeaway. I I won't get into the it takes two discussion here because it's yeah we absolutely should wait for Josh if it's something that Josh would have thoughts on as well. But the the one aspect that I will bring up is that uh, just coming back to the um, uh, like how long a game is and whether it's you know it's a new game and the experience that you get from playing it for a certain amount of time. Because I played the first shoot eight to ten hours I think it was it was somewhere between somewhere between five and ten. Uh, I don't remember exactly how much. Um, couch co-op with a friend uh, while I was down in Wellington. And, you know, no connectivity issues because it was couch co-op. And that, that, that was all fine. But the for me, the the difficulty was that uh, it, was, it was the sort of game that I actually couldn't just marathon, which is weird because if there's a new game and I'm really into it, I will, I will play that game religiously until I just lose interest in it. But that will be after like a week and... You know, a lot of unhealthy habits that come with playing the same game for a week. But <laughs> but it it takes two was was really hard because you you we'd play it for like an evening and then we'd we'd get to the end of it and we'd just be not drained, but it would just be a lot. It wasn't it wasn't the sort of game that uh that we that we would get to the end of like a chapter and be like, We absolutely need to keep playing this. It was kinda like a, should we do something else for a bit? Yeah, and, it does get a bit chory. And it was and I, I think the only bit that I'm gonna that I'm gonna say on it before you know we'll, we'll get Josh back on and you know we'll hear what he has to say next week and everything else, but I think it's because they set up that the story will take place over like a journey that goes from point A to point B, and the bit that really kind of started getting bogged down for me was the one we spent so much time in. I don't remember if it was the beehive or the tree, but the the squirrel section. If you've played it, takes two. Um, and that just felt so long in the grand scheme of we're trying to get yeah. from point A to B. And this is a tiny fraction of it. And it's an entire, I don't know if, what the right word is, chapter. It was an entire like multiple hours of gameplay in this one tiny section. And you get to the end of it and it was just kind of like, why did it need to be that long? <laughs> like there, there isn't a, a single piece in there that I think they didn't need that. Like I can't, I can't think of what we did in that section and go, they could have cut that, they could have cut that, they could have cut that. But just overall, there was just a lot condensed into that tiny area in the grand scheme of the story that it was a bit draining to play and that that was kind of odd to me thinking about that being the game of the year uh anyway that's the only reason i wanted to bring it up and just to tie it back to the the how long should a game be for its price blah 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 that i that brought up as the tangent but uh any final thoughts on that or should we just move on to seth's week i think we should move on josh and i can have like a bit more of a dynamic discussion yeah that probably fair anything from you Seth or should we just launch straight into what you'd been doing oh, I say Seth's week Seth's month <laughs> <laughs> no we can just launch straight into that fair enough uh, into my my month uh, so fuck let me get let me get back up to my list and see what order I put this in you started uh, with the Final Fantasy yes the Final Fantasy 14 so I finished it I finished uh, the latest expansion uh, Endwalker uh, holy shit <laughs> The ending that I, the uh, part of the ending that I didn't do the last time we played, just ex exponentially exploded in how good that um that made the uh the expansion as a whole, um yeah, 
I'm probably going to say it's my favorite expansion. Uh, it's it's such a fantastic story, and well, every other time you brought up Final Fantasy fourteen, you talked about how good the expansion is. So yeah, I'd hope that this is your favorite expansion because if if that expansion is this good and it's not your favorite, then what are we doing? I should be playing Final Fantasy fourteen right now. It, it it's uh this expansion and the last expansion, Shadowbringers, were both absolutely fantastic. I loved both of them, and for a little while, I was going back and forth on. Endwalker's kind of new. Am I just in that like this is new and shiny phase of really enjoying this and I think it's better or is it like just do I like Shadowbringers better and it's this is just kind of uh, under it? But no, I I'm I feel like I'm pretty confidently going to say that Endwalker is the better of the two, but they're both uh, fantastic uh expansions to this game. <laughs> But yeah, the the final sequences of the game. I won't spoil anything. The person that threatened to brick hit, brick us, I promise <laughs> you, you're safe. <laughs> um, if you haven't finished it by now, I'm I'm a little concerned. <laughs> but still, um, yeah, the final moments after being the final boss and the things that happen after that are all fantastic and some of the best things that happen in that game, in my opinion. Wow. Um. They also during the last month they released their uh, first set of um raids for the expansion, which are just um a, a small bit of story and four boss fights that happen that you do with uh, seven other players. Um, they also released the first set of savage raids. So this usually happens a couple of weeks after they release the ra- the like normal tier of the raids. The savage raids are much harder versions of them with new moves and mechanics you have to learn. Um, the world first runners uh, cleared uh, all four of those savage raids in about twelve hours and forty-seven minutes. So is that that they need to do? That they need to just allocate twelve hours and forty-seven minutes just in a continuous chunk, or is that just across? Yeah, it, it was in a continuous chunk. Like within twelve, uh, it was like after the release, it took twelve hours and forty-seven minutes for the world first runners to have cleared all four. Right, but what I mean is, do, do they need to do that in a continuous chunk, or like if I just jump on and want to do one of four? Do I have to do the other three? Oh no 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 no! You don't have to do them in a continuous chunk. No, yeah, but okay, um, cool. it was just like these people. As soon as the content released, they were yeah, trying yeah, to speed just... run how quickly it took to yeah. get it. Fair enough. Yeah. Were you still getting a lot of um, server queues trying to get oh, in yeah. towards the end <laughs> so of it? How many how many months do you have for free now? <laughs> uh no. Uh so things are slowing down in that front. The server queues aren't as bad. Like usually when I log on, there's about. 10 people in queue, 16 people in queue. That's down from, like, the multiple thousands that were before. Um, yeah, the people that usually uh, play just for the story have all died off. The uh, holiday seasons, uh, uh, Rush has died off. So it's becoming much more died in the queue. <laughs> yeah, people died in the queue, uh, dropping like flies. <laughs> but oh. no, uh, for good news for the game, um, the Australian servers are going to be opening up on the 25th this month. And they're going to start selling the game again on the twenty fifth. I can't. I can't wait for a new release of the classic game, Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> yeah, you you may start your free trial now. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, I, I mean, hopefully, well, it probably won't because servers are still probably fucked. Because if you're pulling a game because it's too popular, of course, when it comes back, it's going to be like even more popular. Yeah, there's going to be the surge demand. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, no, I feel like a lot of what hap- a, a lot of the dying down is just, um. At, like they haven't had a chunk of new people continually coming into the game like they were uh, before Endwalker's launch. Well, hopefully that means it's coming to Xbox soon. I I doubt it. Not I. I know I doubt Xbox it is very busy at the moment. 
<laughs> yeah, Xbox that, and also fourteen will be very busy once everything comes back. But um, no, they're they're continually going to be growing the servers. I think it, they said it was April. They're planning to uh bring in more servers across every region. So they're oh, they're okay, slowly so going to be oh yeah, they're slowly increasing how many players they can hold into this game. Uh, I think it was going to be something like a whole a whole extra data center in each region by the end of the year is going to be in there. So that's that's like a whole six servers per region. But it's like how much can the servers hold? Is it like an extra 10 characters per server? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, at least seven. At least one character per server. No, 14 because it's Final Fantasy 14. Oh, true, true. I can't remember if it was per data center or per server, but it was at like 21k per thing. Oh, that's not, that's not 14. That's like seven plus 14. Whoa. <laughs> seven and 14. 14. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, but yeah, also the addition of the uh, the Oceania server is going to help a lot. A lot of people from Australia or New Zealand are going to start moving over to that and take... Yeah, so can you just move across? Uh, yeah, when they open up, they're just going to let people move across for free. Sick. Neat. Um, yeah, we obviously discussed uh, 14 a lot. <clears throat> Sorry, over the past two episodes. Uh, so if people want more of Seth's thoughts and... <laughs> <laughs> to me, what was even funnier, our reactions to his thoughts. <laughs> they can they can go back and listen to episodes. What are we at? Six and seven, probably. Yeah, six and seven. Yeah. I, I've been I've been slowly updating since uh, from those episodes. But yeah, finally done. Best expansion so far, and they they made sure to let you know that they're not out of ideas. That there's still more to come. Yeah, and we cannot wait for them to stop the sale of the game because of how popular it is again. Yep. Uh, before we end this off, though, I do want to say a little bit for what I hope the future for the game holds. Yeah, sure. Um, they're going to be doing a, a an update on uh, in February where they're going to start talking about uh, what the additional story content plan for the next two years is going to be. But my hope when the next expansion comes out is: uh, Are either of you familiar with how Fancy Star Online Two went recently? Not at all. Okay, so PSO Two is roughly about as old as um, Final Fantasy fourteen is, maybe a little bit older. Didn't they re- redo it last year like with Genesis yep, or something? Yep. Okay, is that, that, okay that, sorry, is that where you're going to go? Ex- okay, cool, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go. Okay, fantastic. Uh, so, so last year, PSO2 did this whole new from-the-ground-up uh, rebuild of the game. Like they, I, I'm not sure if it was like a full engine update, but they like redid a bunch of things. It, graphically, it looks a lot nicer. The gameplay is supposed to be a lot nicer now. The character creator is a lot better. You can... They added things like being able to move your the characters to move their fingers now, uh, so it's not like a solid block anymore, and that's kind of where I hope fourteen is going to go because currently the game's kind of being held together by uh, really old tape, bubble gum, and <laughs> Yoshi P Yoshi P's uh, hopes and prayers. Um, there's a lot of things that could be improved in this game, but just aren't because of. Uh, how bad and old the code is and how old the engine is. Yeah. So I'm hoping that uh, uh, the next expansion, they take the opportunity to do like a, a complete overhaul of the game like Fantasy Star did, where they make the graphics better, they make the systems better, the coding better, and with that, be able to fix a lot of the issues people have, like the glamour system being very limited and things like that. So I'm not familiar with PSO2, but when they did this big re-release, did they re-release it onto platforms that didn't previously exist on? 
I don't think so. It I don't think so. I think it was just PC and the Xbox systems that uh, the original released on. Because I'd be curious if, if they're going to take the time. Like, let, let's say they do that, right? Let's say Final Fantasy goes and actually does this. That they rebuild it from the ground up. I wonder if, if they already have something that's functional on, um, what, P- P- PC and PlayStation? Are those the... Yeah. Yeah. They already have something that's functional on PC and PlayStation. And they rebuild it from the ground up. If they rebuild it from the ground up such that it just leans in more to PC and PlayStation and they just make those aspects of it better, or if they rebuild it such that it would be easier to move into, say, Xbox or another system. So that'd be the other thing about it is because um, what PSO2 did is that it's, uh, both, uh, both versions of the game are tied to the single launcher. So you can so you launch the game and it goes, hey, do you want to play the old version of PSO2 or do you want to play New Genesis? And uh, that's what I'd hope that R14 does because then they get to make like a new game where it's not held back by all the old stuff that's in the game, but you still have the old game to go back to and go through the old zones and stories and content. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that idea. So if they do go this th- that same route, they'd, they'd still need to do the old 14 on Xbox anyway. Right. And that way, Xbox players would be able to do all the story and content content that's existed for the past 10 years yeah but that went free to play as well that well did it or am i getting confused pso2 i think pso2 is a i think it's a i think it's a sub game i'm not 100 percent sure yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but i think so i think it's got a weird tie in with game pass as well because i keep getting served weird do this to claim your pso2 anime like one one month subscription or something yeah or something like that i think it is my, yeah, yeah, because Microsoft uh, helped to get that uh, uh, localized because that game was not leaving Japan. They had plans. <laughs> so <laughs> they strange, had plans too. So very strange that Microsoft chose to do that as well. Yeah, I guess because fourteen wasn't coming around, they felt like they needed some push into the MMO market. Well, they've got Temtem coming out. That's a semi MMO. <laughs> yeah, Temtem. Uh, how long? How long you been waiting on that one? I think I messaged Josh in like April twenty twenty, saying, "Oh, this game looks alright." <laughs> and here we are upset but yeah that was that was my closing thoughts on 14 i i hope that when the next expansion comes out they do something drastic to overhaul this game cool you now have the next 30 seconds and i'm looking at a timer to talk about the office and i promise i will not interrupt okay so the office season one is a little rough seasons two through to eight uh uh, sorry two through to seven are fantastic Season 8 drops the ball a little bit because uh, Michael Scott is no longer there and none of the other characters can fill the void that he left. And Season 9 just crashes and burns the whole thing and I cannot stand when the sitcoms do this. They always fuck up the final season. Wow, that's okay. Yeah, and, yeah, you had 8 more seconds, is that... I, I, I'm comfortable with leaving it there. Actually, no, for my last 8 seconds... Well, now Jesus I can interrupt. Christ, Pam is the worst. There we go. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> After season six, it does crash downhill and all sitcoms do it. All right, yeah. now that that's over. Actually, it was interesting. Uh, not related to The Office, but, uh, well, <laughs> I guess technically it is because Ricky Gervais, um, yeah, uh, you know, creator of the original Office, uh, he ended Afterlife, which isn't a sitcom by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, he made the decision that season three, which released this week, I believe, on Netflix, uh, will be the final season. And he, he did it in a way that the ending is the ending of the entire show. So three seasons, each one with... Uh, I don't actually remember how many episodes, but it's basically eight hours end-to-end that, that you'd watch Afterlife for. 
and everyone's like wow this this is so good why are you ending after three seasons and ricky ricky's basic response was that in the oh, i'm not gonna let it get shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna end it where where it feels appropriate to end it and then we're all gonna move on yeah uh that's that's a very wise call because the past two past week week and a half i've been um on a bit of a kick of uh, remembering how i met your mother Ooh. and boy was that show well, that show was great until the final episode final season yeah fella. but that... no i i kind of enjoyed the final season but it. they they completely ruin it with the final episode they make that entire last season worthless some of the jokes that barney makes does not hold up um, oh no! They his whole char- his whole character is like, oh, pretty red hot. Which is weird because the show's only I'm gonna say only ten years old, but like it was released in the 2010s. Is what I mean. Like no, that, it wasn't released in the mid 2000s. No, the final episode was 2013. No, but I think it's that. Sta- no, it started in. Uh, oh yeah, the final episode was 2014. But it did yeah. start. But in it 2000. started in 2000. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it absolutely started. No, no, no. I, I, I get that it started there. But what I'm saying is. Um, it's not like we we have the perspective of hindsight and we're like, oh yeah, no, the show from 30 years ago is untasteful now. It's like, no, 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 this is a show that is contextually fairly recent. Yeah. I, I still feel like a lot, uh, I think a lot of the Barney weird humor came from before the 2010s though. Mm. Uh, even then he was a bit scummy leading up to the final season. Yeah, he, yeah, that was his character's design, but like even going back and watching it, it'd probably be pretty red hot. But at the mm, same time, because- How I Met Your Father came out. <laughs> true whenever it came to women they always showed him as being a sleazebag and he shouldn't be looked up to in that sort of way so i guess they kind of tried to get away with it in that sort of light <laughs> are we not meant to idolize it <laughs> <laughs> uh the the like crazy um the crazy womanizer played by a gay man <laughs> They cancel each other out. That makes it okay. Yeah, it's true. It makes it okay. <laughs> it would be terrible if a straight guy did that. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I feel like I had something to say to that. Um, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was how I, how I Met Your Mother that went through, I think, two or three bouts of they wanted to end the show and some combination of pressure from the people watching it and the network and the, the team or whatever that they kept it going. So... I don't think it should have surprised anyone that the ending was difficult, given that the entire premise of the show is that we know how it ended. Yeah, I hear that it was supposed to end after season four, and maybe back when season four happened that the ending would have landed, because that was the thing that they did with uh, that show, is that they always knew how they wanted to end it, so they kept it that way throughout the entire thing, but... um. The char- after season four, the characters grow so much and so many things happen that the the original ending doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. Uh, there was another show that did that. Oh, shoot. Sopranos um, is good. I watched that over the, for a while. That was good. Hmm. That but it was, doesn't fall for any of those trapping because it's not really a... Well, Sopranos is interesting in its own right because that was the first representation of an anti-hero as the main character. Yeah. He is... Yeah, and... Yeah, he's designed not to be liked, and he's never is is liked. But it's good. Mm, but like every every network, um, every network talks about how, or until that point, talked about how they needed the main character to be safe and likable. Otherwise, the public would just not be on board. And then after The Sopranos, we were able to get shows like Breaking Bad, where it's like, oh yeah, no, the main character is just, you know, a piece of shit, <laughs> and and that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, Sopranos, Sopranos took a big step forward for uh, all sorts of TV writing reasons. It was really cool. Oh, yeah, no, no, th- sorry, the, the, the one final... Um, you mentioned How I Met Your Father. Has anyone seen that? How I Met Your Father? 
Nah, I've, just, I've been seeing the reviews, the same shit. Did that come out yet? Yeah, last week they dropped the first two episodes. Apparently it's shit, but I haven't watched it. Can't, can't say I'm surprised, but still kind of yeah. disappointing. But um, it's got oh. Lizzie McGuire in it. Okay, well that's just weird. But that that, that reminded me. Um, The other thing that was the downfall of the final season of How I Met Your Mother is that uh, the actual mother um, uh, was too likable. <laughs> everyone, yeah, she- everyone loved her as a character. That when she when, was great. Yeah, well, that when when she had to die, everyone's like, "Well, that this is just this is just sad." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that turns out um, it's Robin telling the story. That was wild. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't it wasn't. The... It, it wasn't the story of how he met his their mother. It was a story of how he still loved their aunt Robin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that, that that was the thing that I was trying to think of. Yeah, um, that was that was also. It's weird when the downfall of a season is how good one of the characters is. Um. Anyway, yeah. What what else were you up to, Seth? Uh, so I guess to roll off that, I'll go into Cobra Kai season four a little bit. Sounds good. Cobra, uh, Cobra Kai is a thing that I've been watching with my girlfriend. That, uh, like just every every new season that comes out. Oh my god, Seth, we get it. You watch Cobra Kai? <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll drop it. No, um, uh, every every time a new season drops, we end up just going through it over a weekend and uh. Yeah, this season was really good, actually. It's probably my favorite season so far. I've actually uh, heard that from a few people, that this is the best season yet. Yeah, Um. so season one was really good. Season two is okay. Season three is also just kind of okay. And season four goes back to being really strong. And um, that's because uh, season, um, season two and three, I felt focused a little too much on the high school kids drama sort of side of it and less on the karate kids uh, uh mainstays but also um on top of that there's these two characters sam and tori that just absolutely drag down the arm um, drag down the show and they go uh, their storylines kind of uh, uh revolve around love triangles and things like that oh boy and uh, yeah and it it devolves into them into them being really bitchy and catty with each other in a very <laughs> not classic yeah it's it's very not enjoyable to watch and they they remain to be the worst parts of season four as well because their storyline i i feel like their storylines resolved a little bit now but not completely is it is it one of those is it one of those things that you watch play out on screen and you think it's entirely preventable if they just did like a couple of things to to fix the situation that they're just not doing uh no because their their entire thing is that they're just bitches to each other oh okay one got a little heated scarred the other uh that caused them to get trauma and then when they got over their trauma they retaliated and it's just an endless loop the cycle of violence never ends see last of us part two (laughs) oh man yeah uh so yeah it's it's not an enjoyable watch between those two um, but everything else but everyone, is good. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything else is good. Uh, the stuff with the the stuff with the Karate Kid mainstay characters is great. Uh, the rivalries between uh, the different Karate dojos is great. Um, the the tournament that happens at the end is a lot of fun, and I was very happy with the results of that tournament. Because you had money on the winner. Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, it, it's just because it, it's one of those things where the winners actually deserve the win and it's uh, tied off their character arc really well for them to get into that position oh nice so things are just generally well written uh around the show yeah uh i i don't know if i can say too many things without getting too spoilery yeah that, that's that's fine the, the the one question that i that i need you to answer before we can move on though is that uh shows that do the really good 
you know, starting seasons somewhere and then really bad middle seasons are a lot harder to, to convince people to watch, right? Like you can say, go watch The Office US, but just don't worry about season one. You can say, go watch Parks and Rec, just don't worry about season one. But something like Cobra Kai, where seasons two and three are the, the eh, sort of middle seasons, what would happen if you watched season one and then four? Would you be missing that much if it was better content? It's not so much the content you're missing out of, but um, uh, more along the lines of uh, the certain certain storylines that do matter that come up because um, the main villain of it, uh, season four gets introduced at the end of season two and is a big player of season three, so you kind of miss like those entire arcs and there's things that happen between seasons one and four that are important right so if, if season one and four so if season one and four are good enough it's it's still worth stomaching what would be a subpar seasons two and three to connect them yeah i i'd say so cool did it tie in i haven't seen it and i i thought it was just some weird spin-off thing just to capitalize on that what like that that movie called the karate kid well, from the, like karate the 1990s kid yeah, yeah from, probably unrelated i think they ago. just grabbed the name it does it reference the movies is there returning characters yeah. <laughs> it, it, it has a lot of callbacks to the old movies and addresses plot lines and characters from those and brings back all the important actors from them when they're necessary yeah like mr miyagi uh they can't do that one no what he passed away a while ago before i'm sorry Terry. oh fuck karate kid 2 is the best movie they constantly re- uh, bring up mr miyagi they uh, they they do callbacks to all the Karate Kid movies as well, so like villains from two and three. Do they have them as like a hologram, like Tupac? <laughs> no, no. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to ignore that. But I'm like <laughs> villain, villains from two and three uh, come up in uh, Cobra Kai as well. So everyone, uh, ha- everyone's important except Miyagi. <laughs> He's important. He's just not a hologram. Is he? Is he CGI'd at least? He's not in the show like that. He's it's more uh it's more he shows up in flashbacks from the movies and also So he's a ghost. Um, his le- <laughs> so at the end of Star Wars episode six, right? There's all yeah, the yeah, yeah. ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know what always tripped me up about that is when they did the re releases and they digitally reinserted um uh, what's his Christian name? The, the, yeah, Christian Hansen. They uh, they uh, inserted him into the ending of episode six. <laughs> I was like, wait, but this movie's older. When did they do this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, yeah, no, sorry. I, it's, it's too, <laughs> I've, I, we haven't confirmed. recorded in a month. Yeah, we, we haven't recorded in a month. I've, I've missed derailing Seth while he tries to say simple <laughs> sentences. <laughs> it's all right. I understand. Um, oh, shoot. We could... Probably, uh, maybe we shouldn't talk about, but No Way Home. That we technically left as we can't talk about last episode because we're all going to go and see it. I assume everyone went and saw it. I went and saw it. I've seen it. I was the first one to see it. That's right. You, you threatened to talk about it last episode. Um, I guess we'll probably just, I assume Josh is going to have words about that as well. We probably, maybe, maybe we'll wait. I don't think he's watched it. Fucking coward. If he hasn't watched it by that, but now he's not going to watch it. <laughs> well, do, do, we, do, we, do we have a cheeky discussion now then? Or do it's we, fucking do amazing. We wait. I loved it. It's, I loved it's it in my well. top three Spider-Man movies. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we, I don't know we if won't... it's top three or top five for me. Oh, easy top three for me. But, all right, so, so finish finish your month and then we'll do a quick Spider-Man chat and then and then that'll be that'll be the end of, of the, the, <laughs> the weekly round, the monthly roundup. Honestly, I've been derailed so much on Cobra Kai that I can't remember what I was talking about now. Uh, it's well, it's so, basically uh, if, if you wanted to touch Doom or not. No, I just want to say one more thing. I just want to make one more pun about Cobra Kai. 
Does it have snakes? I'm done. Thank it's you. It's not even a putt. What? What do you mean, cobra? Cobras are snakes. <laughs> it, do- it, 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 ha- it doesn't have any snakes, but it has eagles. It's not a. It's not a pun on the name, though. It's just like. To- Right. I made my I made my funny I made my funny. It, 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 there was no joke. It was just there's cobra in the name. Is there a cobra? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's not even. I don't even think that's a pun. That's that's just asking. You know, what? I'm getting way too heated about this. <laughs> okay, I you can move funny. on. Did you? Did you really? I'm here in Patrick Love. Yeah, and cry okay, on the okay, inside. On. Anyway, uh, I made my yeah, funny. So yeah, yeah, Spider-Man. no, I won't touch. I won't touch on Doom. Yeah, let's go to Spider Man. Hey everyone, it's Seth. I'm just editing through this podcast now, and I realized that maybe we should move this uh, Spider Man talk to the end of the podcast rather than leaving it here. It just saves uh, everyone having to skip through to a timestamp if you don't want to be spoiled right now. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, and once we get to the ending, I'll give another spoiler warning for when we actually start this discussion, and you can tune out. Thanks. All right, and with that monthly recap out of the way, uh, time to move into the second part of the episode, which, of course, is the news slash current affairs slash things that, I don't know, are topical and relevant to us. Opening the list for this episode, we have Persona 4, uh, specifically Persona 4 Arena. Uh, Seth, you want to take us through this one? They fucked up. They didn't put rollback in the game, and they're saying they might do it later. I mean, what is, what is the one thing you told them to do? Add rollback. Don't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> how how were the instructions this unclear? I don't know, but they're saying if there's fan demand, they'll do it later, <laughs> and there will one hundred percent be fan demand. Well, no, hold on, people hold will up. do I... it themselves before <laughs> Atlas does it. Well, I, I think that's a bit of a loaded question because the the fan demand would be that no one plays it, so therefore they won't have fan demand, so they won't put it in later. What? The lack of sales will in in uh, make them go that way. Sorry, which 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 part of that was confusing, Steve? If if they don't have robot netcode, no one will want to play it. If no one wants to play it, there won't be any fans. Therefore, there won't be any fan demand. Okay, I understand where you're coming from, but that is such a roundabout yes. way of saying it. Also, <laughs> <laughs> why? Um, anything else you want to say to that? Sure. Should we move on? We can move on. Uh, yeah, just at a, a Stephen note, I'm I'm probably going to pick this up. Not for the online because I'm dog shit at fighting games, but apparently it's got like a weirdly <laughs> decent story. Uh, now that because I'm you really there. hate rollback netcode, and you're like, finally, a developer that won't put that shitty rollback netcode into my games and ruin it. It's the, it's the <laughs> only way I can win online, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Fair. <laughs> um, but you know, because I'm so deep in the the Persona Four pill at the moment. Oh, it comes out in like what March or April or something. So I'll yeah, which means I've probably got another twelve months before it goes on sale. Um, <laughs> it, it it's already coming out at a discounted price. But it's like a big discounted price. I'm not. Just, oh, it's fine. It's like it's like thirty five dollars. I can get it for cheaper. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm patient. <laughs> oh yeah, you'll you'll definitely get it cheaper. Like a couple of months after it comes out. Twelve months. It's, I'll add it to the backlog. I've only got like what fifty four hundred games. games in there. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'll get to them eventually when I retire. Sweet. Second up on the docket this week, we have a Kingdom Hearts story. Uh, I guess, Seth, you want to take us through this one as well? I, I actually don't know much about this one. Yeah, so uh, this year is the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary, and they're going to be doing a big event for it on the uh, on April 10th. They said they're going to do a concert. They got some um some other things planned for it. Uh, Q&A with the development team, some exhibitions, and uh, I'm not sure if they're going to live stream it, 
but they said they'll make a video for it available at a later date. I'm hoping they do a live stream because if there's any new announcements, I want to see the trailers and everything happen in real time rather than hear about them on Twitter and then see the things later. But uh, yeah, big, uh, big excitement for that. P- uh, the the fan base is already doing hard speculation on it because uh, uh, April 10th lines up with uh, uh, the 104 building that's in that game. <laughs> so people are making connections to that. Do you reckon it'll be a Kingdom Hearts 4 drop? I don't know if there'll be a Kingdom Hearts 4 drop, but something will ha- will drop, I feel. If, whether it's another side game or like another mainline game. Kingdom Hearts 3 Chain of Memories. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm angry thinking about that, but it's fine. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, the whole collection comes to Switch soon, doesn't it? Uh, It it came out today on streaming services on Switch, and it is dog shit. Oh, that's right. You've got to stream it to your Switch. That's right. Oh, wild. Damn. (laughs) I've I've already seen how it runs for Australians, and it is not good. Is it streaming from the US? It's streaming from Japan. What if if I NordVPN to Japan and then stream it? Is that faster? I don't think that'll help. It's your Switch... It's on your Switch. You'd have to put the VPN on your Switch. Well, would that would that help? <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Can it be done? What if What if I ran an Ethernet cable from my house to Japan? Would that work? Listen, just pirate it. <laughs> pirate it on PC. Just pirate it It'll like everyone you. else. <laughs> it used to be. On Game It'll Pass. save you the time. It used to be Game Pass on Game Pass, but they took it away. Have you Have you managed the Kingdom Hearts series since they took it off Game Pass? I bought it. He's been streaming it. No, I bought it like two years ago. And then it came out to Game Pass. I'm like, fuck yeah. And I sort of just... <laughs> and then they took it off and I was like, oh no, they're taking it off. And I'm like, oh wait, and I bought it. <laughs> did, it did it come to Game Pass two weeks after you bought it? Nah, it was like 12 months. Um, but I think it was like so far back in my mind that I'm like, oh, this is cool. Great. And I to the point that I'd forgotten that I bought it. Nice. But I think I only bought yeah, 75% off or whatever. I was only paid like 20 bucks for it. Fair enough. Anyway, uh, next up on the list, we have the first of what will probably be quite a few COVID delays over the coming sort of 12 months uh, as people are dealing with the Omicron uh, outbreak. But uh, this first one is Final Fantasy 16 being delayed by six months. Yeah, Final Fantasy 16, uh, across the board, everything for that game has been delayed by six months. Like, uh, Yoshi P is a producer on that game, not um, director. But he's still in charge of like community feedback and stuff for it. And he put out a letter at the end of last year saying, Look, it's been a rough year. Um, COVID's made us like miss a lot of deliveries. Some of the, f- uh, the outside development studios that are making assets for us haven't met their delivery dates because of COVID. So we've had to cancel some plans because of it. So uh, everything about the game's been pushed back six months. Probably I don't surprising. expect this. Yeah. Uh, I'm not expecting this game to come out until next year now because of this, but the little bit of light at the end of the tunnel they said they plan to show some more information for the game in spring this year, which is autumn for us. Do you reckon this is sort of like the start of what will essentially be the, yeah, no, sorry, delay everything, the big yellow banners that Cyberpunk was doing? Is this sort of the start of it? What? Uh... Like, I wouldn't say it's the same as um, Cyberpunk sort of thing, because that was like really, uh, that was pushed back a lot, and even then the game came in hot. But um, <laughs> that's no, one from word what, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, from what we saw from sixteen, it seems like it was in a fairly good state, and that was all gameplay and in-engine footage that we saw, not like CGI stuff representing mm. the game. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's just six. I, I predict if any company says that we need six months because of COVID delays, it's going to be longer and they're just going to have to take uh, another delay. And I think after how uh, <laughs> unready, to put it nicely, a lot of the games that have been rushed out the door have been, I think most most people in the community are probably fine with that. Yeah, yeah. much happier to wait. Yeah, delay never hurts. Yeah, I've I've never I've never heard of a game being worse because it was delayed. <laughs> um except maybe Duke Nukem Forever. Anyway, uh the yeah, speaking of delays, we have a game being pushed back uh further than six months, uh just into twenty twenty three. Because uh that this is of course um Hogwarts Legacy, uh, which was that slated for this year? I assume so. Yeah, it was originally. It was one of the first PS5 games shown way back in like 2020. Like it was it yeah, way well, back in 2020. <laughs> oh man! Well, it, they had that. Um, it was just like an image or a trailer or something. It was just sort of like Hogwarts with like the title screen, or the sorry the title, and everyone was like absolutely going nuts. And it was supposed to come out for the PS5, and then nothing really happened, and then nothing really happened. So I imagine. I imagine there would have been some grand scheme that it gets released with the what was the thing that they did recently, like the twenty years on or something. The, like the, the HBO the film. special, whatever it was. Yeah, uh, that. One. I assume. I assume there would have been there would have been some plan to link those two together. Probably, and that's probably what they were going to because it was like what yeah, twenty years was last year. They probably wanted to be like, oh, happy happy birthday, Hogwarts! Here's your video game that you've been asking for. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's been delayed um, until twenty twenty three. I honestly don't know we haven't seen anything we haven't seen we've any gameplay we haven't seen anything there was also that whole thing where warner brothers was possibly selling off all their development studios yeah and that would have that would have just hard cancelled this game and no progress would have been made if that had happened yeah, yeah. I, i'm sort of of the opinion that like it literally probably paused for like 12 months then um yeah and then just nothing's been done i do i wouldn't say that long i would have said like maybe during the month all of that was happening, they were, like, on a hiatus. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm still very interested in this game. Um, from what they've promised, it looks fucking fantastic. Um, and there's a big pothead, as you will. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm cautiously wow. optimistic about this game. Like, I've, it, nothing will come close to uh, Harry Potter 1 and 2 on the... Uh, I think it's just the Game Boy Color and how they made that sort of into a Final Fantasy game. Uh, turn-based combat and all Mwah. yeah even the the lego harry potter games are pretty good if, if i remember correctly i never played i remember ones. playing harry potter 2 on the gamecube and that was pretty fun as well yeah. that was like a little adventure kind of zelda-ish game maybe i've just got my nostalgia glasses on yeah who's, who's to say anyway yeah. uh next up on the docket we have a leak woohoo starting to love the regularity of bloody game leaks every bloody week anyway this time it is from software and it's the next game that they are working on is that am i, am I reading that headline correctly yep the uh so after elden ring it seems like they're slated to do armored core 6 so um i'm pretty sure i played armored core 4 on the playstation 2 i thought that was a playstation 3 game maybe that was playstation 3 a either way a long time ago i feel like i played armored core 4 has it, is it really a game that takes that long to produce the next uh, in the series of? No, I think it's just that um, From Software has been so um, busy doing all the Souls-type games. Like, they've been pumping those out non-stop since Demon's Souls came out. 
Do you reckon this is going to be the demon? And I think it's... Just... No, no, sorry, you go. I was just going to... Shoot, shoot, shoot. No, no, okay. yeah, I, I was going to say, no, I know where Steve was going with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is just... Now that Elden Ring is coming and that's kind of like the culmination of what they want to do with the Souls games, yeah. I think they're finally putting that to bed and they're going to do one of their other series for a little bit now. Uh, if I had a spray bottle, Steve, I, I, would, be, I, I would be spraying you with it right now. It's like, just, just imagine that, that I'm... That I'm yeah, yeah, probably for the best. He needs a shower. Uh, let's 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 let's, let's let's not make him enjoy this, okay? <laughs> he shouldn't like this any more than I than I like it, okay? Um anyway, next up on the docket. <laughs> um we have surprising probably absolutely no one, a Monster Hunter USJ event coming, which oh no, like oh that's crazy. They've only done that for like what, every Monster Hunter game since four? Yeah, see, I, I, I've only played World before this, so I was scared to say, hey, this has just been in every Monster Hunter game, but I know for, for, for a fact it was in World. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, usually, or at least, um, I actually don't remember too many of the event quests, but I know that the USJX Monster Hunter 4U, the one at G-Rank, that gave you the Star Lord armor, uh, and boy, was that just game-breakingly strong. So, it'll be interesting to see if they... See which avenue yeah. they take for rise. I heard the USJ swords, the Azure Longsword in our world was really good in low rank and mid rank. I think I remember that too, actually. Yeah, it's been a while because, yeah, low, low and low and high rank are kind of meaningless when they did master rank with Iceborne. But yeah, no, I think I remember that too. Either way, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, any final thoughts? Should we move on? Uh, I think the sets look really cool. I think the weapons look really cool. It, it, I might give Bo a try just because of how much that... I, I really dig that design. Is it just coming to Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch? I uh, know. No, now it, that um, be... now that Rise is out on both, they said they're going to keep um content parity, and things yep. will be coming uh, to both okay. at the same time. Yeah, because yeah. just in the trailer, it only has like the Switch logo. But maybe it's just me reading too much into it. Yeah, I think that trailer was like specifically from the Nintendo channel. <laughs> they, they they just watermarked it. Um, <clears throat> next up on the list, we have. I see it's written as MHA. I really want to say Monster Hunter Academia. Like, yeah, like Academy. <laughs> but My Hero Academia is getting a battle royale. Um, I heard about this. Uh, it seems like the sort of game that. Well, it seems like the sort of um, uh, source material that would actually suit a battle royale. It does, um, and I'm very keen as a big fan of the source material. Um, I hate how it's going to be a free-to-play battle royale. It looks like, um, but. So is this sort of we're getting to the stage where it's like everything's becoming a battle royale? Like obviously there's there was a JoJo battle royale before. It never was left there? Japan arcades. Oh, I was gonna say I fucking never heard of that. <laughs> Holy shit! Now nah. that would have been a please please, please tell me that when it got down to the final two, one of them attacked the other, and it just did the to be continued sign, and then they both won. <laughs> I wish, but I never looked into it deeper than it being announced. That would be a pretty sick way to end a battle royale, and- though. And it was based on the anime, so it only went up to part five characters, from what I remember. Uh, probably would have been with um, the part five release then. Interesting. But yeah, no, this month, it's My Hero Academia. Battle Royale looks pretty good. Will it dethrone, dethrone Fortnite with Naruto? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Will it dethrone Dragon Ball Breakers? <laughs> it's free. It's already got a head up in my book. <laughs> not it. Not it. Yeah. Not it. Not- <laughs> Man, I'm saving eighty dollars. <laughs> At least <laughs> the microtransactions. Let's see what we got in here. Um, but yeah, well, essentially all it is is just a um, 
in weekly jump they just reported a couple of screenshots there's no trailer or gameplay so no no there's been gameplay trailers and stuff released uh they did like a full 20 did 13 they? to 20 minute video oh, shit. recently I um i haven't checked that out but i saw an overview trailer for it uh it's going to be eight teams of three people uh going around basically the um it, it kind of looks like the training arena from the first season. Ah, sick. You know, you know that training arena that they ended the first season yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, kind of like that. It, it kind of like a mixture of that and where the um, hero license exam took place. And the, I, from memory, uh, the characters I saw were like the main three of Todoroki, uh, Bakugo, and uh, Midoriya. But you could also play as Mount Lady and some other major heroes. Man Lady would break the game. She gets gets really big and that's it. Like, But then, like, how do you balance out, like, All Might or anything? Um, yeah. Uh, you, you just gotta, like, try and do game balance around them more than, like, their abilities. Yeah. Uh, the way that um uh, the gameplay loop is is that apparently all the pickups in that is going to be upgrading, like, upgrades to your abilities. And uh, uh, you get cool. to, like... You use the upgrade points on whatever abilities you want to upgrade like you would in a MOBA game. So, uh, like, you can spec how you want for that battle, uh, for that session, I mean, and just try to work together with your uh, two other buddies to get through and be the top team. Cool. I'm definitely going to give this a try, even if it's only for, like, three games and I get rolled, but it is what it is. Get absolutely mulched by the people that are using Mum's credit card. And I, oh, I hate <laughs> Just like, just like, like Pokemon Unite. Unite. Yeah. Game. yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's probably that's all you need to say about that. Yeah, interesting to see where that goes. Um, PlayStation VR announced a sequel, PlayStation VR Two. Uh, I actually don't have a huge amount to say to this. Um, I it requires I a PS Five, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got one. I can do that. <laughs> Maybe if I have the money for the VR headset. Uh, no, this is interesting because of like I I think the things they're doing for it are pretty cool. Um, this one doesn't require sensors, right? No, they're not doing sensors this time. It's um, I think it's going to be all wireless, like the um, the Oculus currently are. See, I'm I'm skeptical of that because the the successor to the Vive, the main com- I don't remember what it's called. Maybe it's just the Vive Two, whatever it is. But the main complaint that I heard about that is that yes, they made massive improvements with like the quality and everything, but it's so heavy now that like the front of your face gets dragged down when you use it for long periods of time. And when I hear things like, oh yeah, you don't need sensors, it's wireless, it's an improved screen, all this other stuff, that has to be at the co- at the expense of something. Yeah, um, maybe it's just the cup. I, I feel like the headsets are moving at a pretty rapid pace as everyone's trying to one-up each other with these. Mm. So maybe maybe there's a chance that um they've uh, addressed that, but um who knows until you, you hear people get their own hands on with it. Yeah. But um, generally, the things they're saying about it are really nice. Uh, they're saying that uh, the screens are going to offer 4K HDR. They're using OLED screens for the displays inside them, which is just perfect OLED's the way to go. Just yep. the leftover PS Vita. They probably boiled them all down <laughs> and turned them into these screens. No, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. You, you want to make me Vita. crown a podcast? That's how you make me crown a podcast, right? Uh, Hashtag save the Vita. Save the Vita. It's dead, let it go. Um, they're saying One is that dead, um, may never die. <laughs> they're saying that um, there's headset-based uh, tracking, uh, uh, controller tracking. So like, however you move the controllers will be picked up by the outside of the headset, I guess. Um, it's also going to have eye tracking in there. So a uh, thing with um Ooh, VR that's interesting. that was 
yeah, a thing with VR is that it doesn't track your eye movements. It's all through head movements. Yeah. So with this, if it's tracking your eyes, then the game's gonna the game world's gonna move around based on that as well, which will that's... be really interesting to see if it works. Yeah, that's kind of nutty. Um, the refresh rates on the things are gonna be pretty high because apparently VR needs really high refresh rates on their screens. Um, and the controllers that are coming with it are going to have haptic feedback on the triggers and the vibrations, which will be pretty cool after using the DualShock 5 for so long. Those are really nice features to have. Mm. And they showed off uh, a, um, a game for, called Horizon Call of the Mountain. They showed about 15 seconds of that, and I'm really hoping that's not just like some roller tech coaster demo. experience, a yeah. tech demo. Yeah, because I feel like we're past the point of that, and we should start getting proper VR games to push this forward if they're really going to try. No, that all sounds good. Uh, yeah, I I hope that it's just a straight improvement on PSVR one, and I'm sure it will be in a lot of ways. I just hope that it doesn't fall into the the vibe trap of oh yeah, it's an improvement, but it's also just heavy as balls now. Yeah, uh, no, so I we'll I want this to I want this to take off because something else that would be really fun is that I don't have the original PSVR units. Yeah. And if this is backwards compatible, I would love to play Resident Evil Seven with this. Oh, uh, yeah. I get the big titty mummy lady. I said seven, not eight. Ah, oh, is there a big seven? Was the one where you, seven was the one where your um uh, your uh, uncle punches you in the face? But is there any big titty mummy vampire ladies in it? No. <laughs> that's, oh, that's it. Subpar game, honestly. Zero out of, zero out of ten. <laughs> There's no boulder punching either. Oh. <laughs> why? Why game. are we playing this game? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of backwards compatibility, though. Yeah, Sony, Sony and uh, specifically Mark Sony, the system architect for the PS4 and PS5, uh, put in some patterns for backwards compatibility on PS5. Wait, sorry, did you, did you say Mark Sony? Yeah, Mark Sony, C-E-R-N-Y. Oh, that would have been great. Like, like Miss, Mr. Sony, Mr. Mark Sony, we'll the head like, of Sony. Well, the head of Nintendo is Doug Bowser. <laughs> Yeah, Doug Bowser's the best one so far. Yeah. He's a bad guy. Uh, anyway, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so it's it's just a pattern that talks about um some tech stuff ideas that they could do to make backwards compatibility work. It's not it doesn't go into many specifics. It's all uh tech related things. But um from the sounds of it people are speculating they could do this to make backwards compatibility for PS1, PS2, and PS3 games work on a new console, which would be fantastic if they do. Hmm. And I, I'm it, also it sounds like a it it sounds like a hardware thing as well, and not like a, a, a software thing. So it's more like an actual proper backwards compatibility, and not just hey, you can stream the games to your PS5, which would yeah, no one wants. That's what I was going to say. Is that as long as it's actually got some sort of meaning behind it, because like you know, pat patents are. I'm not saying they're easy to get, but just because you hold a patent doesn't mean you're necessarily going to do anything with it. So Yeah, no, definitely. Hopefully but that something comes out of that because I too would be interested in being able to put my little put my little uh, nostalgia specs on and go for a go for a snowboard through SSX1 or I don't know, <laughs> play play Pacific Rift <laughs> after talking I, about I, that for <laughs> for ages. Uh, a tweet was going around earlier today about like, hey, if PS3 backwards compatibility came to PS5 today, what would you play? And my immediate answer was the Infamous games. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Infamous 1 and 2 were very good. Second Son was yeah. pretty good, though. Oh, I, I love all the Infamous games. Mm. Uh, they're, they're all fantastic to me. Uh, but yeah, to go on that thing about the patterns, though, this this does kind of follow up. I'm, I'm not sure if we talked about it on any of the last podcasts, 
but there was a rumor going around that Sony is going to start making waves towards like a Game Pass like service. Yeah, uh, that was mentioned. PS- that was mentioned two episodes ago, I think, very briefly. Yeah, cool. Because so it, it was just a rumor. The, yeah, and one of the parts of that rumor was that they're going to start offering uh, uh, backwards compatibility titles. Yeah. So having having this patent follow up that rumor might lead some credence towards it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, exciting my times. Was what are they going to call it? So what? Sorry, what the, the the Sony's Game Pass? What do you reckon they'd call it? I think they're just keeping the PlayStation Plus branding. Yeah, but uh, get, they they didn't eh. get they didn't get too into the details because the rumor just said it's called Project Spartacus at the moment. I reckon <laughs> they'll call it PlayStation Plus Games or something. I don't know. That's a good one actually. Never mind. They can't do they can't do PlayStation Gold because Xbox Gold already happened. Play more Game Station. Oh, there, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Now, now we're That's cooking it. Mark's get in touch. Um, uh, sixty-eight point seven billion dollars for that. Yeah, I was going to say to fi- file a patent for uh, coming up with names for uh, backwards compatibility services, and you're you're in the you're in the money. Sixty-eight point seven billion is a pretty specific number, though, Steve. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, in a very good right, segue. So, I'm just. I, that was a great. So, I'm just going to preempt this though. I really enjoyed when we weren't recording and not hearing anything about Activision Blizzard. The, the one day we decide it's probably time that we, that we record another episode. Literally the same fucking day. <laughs> Activision Blizzard makes it back into our bloody news docket. <laughs> Don't worry, I heard stuff about Activision Blizzard earlier this week that I could have put on a docket, and I saved it for this instead. Uh, I don't I don't get it. I That's not the consistency I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, Well, hopefully with this, it'll stop. Yeah, can continue, Steve, with the great segue that was that was thrown your way. Well, Microsoft finally caved and bought Activision Blizzard King or whatever it's called for sixty-eight point seven billion dollars, the highest in any games acquisition history. I think it's the highest in any media acquisition in general because I think this is even higher than what Disney bought Star Wars for. Oh, it's fucking high, whatever it is. It's fucking nuts. Like, <laughs> honestly, this is like. As much as I hate on Activision because of Ed Blizzard and what uh, everything that they've been doing lately, I, I still think this is kind of disgusting. I in, I think it, it just seems like Activision Blizzard was dying and it was sort of like bleeding out on the ground. Like, I can't remember the last Activision Blizzard game I've actually played. Like, probably Diablo 3 way back in the day. I, For me, it was um the Tony Hawk remasters that came out recently. And by recently, I mean like... A year Last and a year? half ago. Yeah. Well, those aren't even really new games. It's just an old game with like a fresh coat of paint on it. Like it's. I mean, then it, before that, it would have been Crash Four, which was like a month before that. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I guess. Well, it's like one, but before that, it's probably like nothing. But it's very interesting to sort of see that Microsoft is just trying to ooga booga their way through this generation. <laughs> <laughs> like they completely got destroyed last generation. Like they fucked up the Xbox One. Um and despite the naming convention for the Series X and the One S being absolute dog shit, it just seems like they're just throwing money at the problem to to go away. First it was Bethesda Zenimax for like what seven billion or something, whatever that was. Now, something like that. Yeah, throwing it this like and they, the amount of IPs just sitting under their belt now, like the Call of Duty series, Diablo, whatever God of War State, Overwatch Two is in. They'll have to salvage that. And and that's where my problem lies with this because um, I I'm fine with studio acquisitions because I find that more, um, 
that that's more like a working relationship between the co- it's usually between a working relationship between the company and the developer. It's so like you get the things where like Sony will buy out Insomniac for example because Insomniac's basically always doing PlayStation games or Microsoft buys out Double Fine which I was also okay with or Ninja Theory which is also I'm okay with. But when it's like these big publishers where they make like 10 games a year and they're suddenly bought out. I, I kind of find that a bit gross to do. I think it's just the way that it's all going. Like everyone's merging together to make it. And it's like, if you want one IP, it's like, well, I'll just buy the IP. But then at what point do we have to stop that because it starts becoming a monopoly? Because Microsoft... So I've, and that's, uh, that's, that's the whole like worrying slippery slope argument. Hopefully Sony sees this and is like, oh shit, let's kick it into gear. Let's either A, do better things or B, acquire Let's, let's buy Activision Blizzard from Xbox for $70 billion. <laughs> what, so, so when So when you get into this sort of thing, like, so I, I'm not going to, like, indulge them, but it starts going into the console war aspect of, like, well, if Microsoft is buying Gactivision, Sony should buy Square Enix, and so many people would hate that, even though Sony and Square Enix do have, like, a close relationship, like... 16 is going to be PlayStation exclusive for a little bit, but it's also coming to PC, for example, at release. Uh, and uh, Well, maybe that's the new generation of console war. It's console plus PC. Like, back in the days when I was like the N64 um, versus PS1 versus Dreamcast days, everything was exclusive. You either had Mario or you had Final Fantasy type of thing. So it's... Right, but that's also the thing of like, um, it, it's still like one game every couple of years from this studio is uh, being an exclusive, not like with... Sorry, one second. Bark, bark, doggy. Bark, bark. <laughs> you can cut this out in post, right? Oh, who knows? Might just leave it in. Fans might enjoy this. Who knows? Um, I Yeah, I'm not really sure how to feel about this. I've seen quite a few Twitter threads about people being very... Sorry about that. My dog was barking. Oh. Perfect. I was just sort of holding the crowd over while while uh, while you're on break. I was, I was just going to chime in and saying that most of the online response to this I've seen has been overall negative. Yeah, a lot of what I've been seeing is negative as well. I don't really have. I haven't. I, I guess I just don't know enough, nor do I really play enough Activision Blizzard games to really have an opinion on this one. Compared to, like, I'm sure. I'm sure if if they brought up a studio that I knew more of their games, where I'd be more vocal for or against it. But this one, I just, I'm just sort of letting. I assume the the overall feeling of negativity towards this that I've seen suggests that I should be feeling negative towards it, and I think I do. I just haven't really formed an opinion of this on my own yet. It's it's less about like what's going to happen with their well, it's what's going to happen with their games, but not like on a quality level, and more of a oh, sorry. One second. Back back back. <laughs> it seems like uh, it seems like Seth's pet is very vocal about uh, against the acquisition of this company. <laughs> or just likes to drink during dis- dis- disagreeing with Seth put him on put the dog on yeah yeah <laughs> let, let me take that from the top so it's less going to be about what's going to be a quality thing for their games and more um, they're just taking market share and monopolizing that part of the market so uh, like I said Activision owns like so many studios and they make so many games a year and it if you look um if you look at like earnings uh microsoft is the number one for us earnings in um america for games and activision is number two so now it's just the top two earners uh, 
in the in the US market are now all under Microsoft. And uh, when it comes to like availability of the games, you're just taking a giant share of what people play on multiple platforms and hoarding it onto one platform just by like again eating up the market share and uh monopolizing everything so that's that's the whole idea of like why different consoles exist though like you can right but it's it's less about it's less about buying up the competition and it's always been less buying up the competition and more trying to offer something that no one else does and microsoft stops that and is starting to take the the idea of well let's just buy everything up so that they're not on anything else anymore um yeah yeah that's definitely where like the sort of games industry has been going like instead of like thinking of a good idea you just buy someone else that has a good idea Mm. yeah so like they bought out obsidian earlier because obsidian was making bethesda like rpgs and it's like okay that's fair enough and then now they just bought out Bethesda. So it's like, okay, now they own Bethesda-like RPGs that are only going to be available on their platform now. And Call of Duty, even on a bad year, makes more bank than yeah, some games on, even yeah. wish... Yeah, yeah, some games even wish to make. And now a, a lot of that is because of PlayStation because uh, PlayStation's been the number one um, console at the moment. And now that's just... Um, that's just going all to xbox now i don't see them keeping call of duty multi-platform because when you make a massive purchase like this you're not doing it to um you're not doing it without the express purpose of putting everything on your platform and probably to incentivize people to get game pass subscriptions yeah we really see what i mean look looks like the price of game pass will go up but if you do want to play call of duty on like xbox i don't think the price of game pass will go up it's more the quality of game pass will go up and it's through it's through the idea of uh, purchase everyone so they can't get anything anywhere else sort of thing no they'll probably do like the whole bait and trap thing like oh yeah well you can get game pass like what 15 bucks a month and they add like a million more games to it because this is probably because i don't see xbox actually having that type of money this is obviously from big daddy microsoft going all right windows 10 and 11 made us bajillion dollars (laughs) <laughs> have a small loan yeah, of exactly. sixty-seven point eight billion dollars and <laughs> and buy a game studio and, and watch and watch them grow that into a mighty sixty-nine billion dollars. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the thing of like when it's when it's a studio, I'm fine with it because a studio will generate like one extra game for that company every few years, and that's just like something to help those companies bring something to the table. But this is whole ass publishers with like twenty different IPs that people care about just suddenly vaporizing into a single platform. Like, when it happened with Bethesda, um, I had some friends that were upset because they really like Doom, but they own PlayStation consoles, and now their choice is get a computer that can handle games or buy an Xbox. And uh, same thing is going to start happening with Call of Duty. It's either buy an Xbox, get a computer that's capable of it, or you're shit out of luck. Uh, and that's, pro- that's probably Xbox's long game to be like oh well if you want to play these games come to xbox and then yeah definitely sort of definitely i just have with this is this it like sony is definitely in a fight or flight type of thing does this get them to acquire a couple of studios like square enix god i hope not but at the same time like it's it that's sort of like the end game thing god forbid nintendo buy up nintendo that that's that's where i'm coming yeah. from because it's like it, it's not just like the call of duty and everything it's like okay world of warcraft is on there as well now uh 
Overwatch goodbye to the PlayStation version of Overwatch 2, I guess. Um, and it's just so many things are being uh, being taken away from a market share. And also that point of, well, does this put Sony into a fight or flight mode of uh, they should start purchasing other people? I don't want to see that. I don't want to see uh, the industry turn into Sony owns Capcom, Square Enix, and so on, while Microsoft owns uh, Activision... Blizzard, Bethesda, let's say EA down the line, maybe Sega. Yeah, there's always those, those rumours fly up every six months. Surely Sony gets Sega if push comes to shove. But yeah, and it's like I don't want to see the industry turn that way. It's it's. But it's already it's already semi that way with different exclusives anyway. Like multi-platform games are, in my opinion, one of the worst form of gaming anyway. The exclusive is really what moves consoles. It is, but I. I think the third party is also very important because it's like even the, it's up to what the console providers give for exclusives that are what incentivizes people, but the third parties are there too that no matter what console you have, that you still got a good value no matter what you bought. Yeah, but now it sort of comes down to which exclusives do you want more. And PlayStation 4 had like mega good exclusives, like the, the whole Yakuza series before it came to Xbox like last year and... Spider-Man's and The Last of Us and The Uncharted. Maybe this is Xbox going, let's get everybody under the same umbrella. Let's let's become the exclusive um, thing this generation, which could be interesting. I, I think it's I think it's a slippery slope that they're going down. And I've, uh, uh, there's already talks going on at the moment that maybe some sort of antitrust things are going to kick in before this deal goes through. Like, maybe... Uh, I, I, I highly doubt that because, like, Sony is like. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I, I doubt, it, doubt it as well. I doubt it as yeah. well. Because, like, there's no way Microsoft would have done, gone down this route without investigating all that type of thing. And technically, that's not really a monopoly because there are other developers exist, and like, you still can buy a PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it. I don't think it counts as a monopoly yet. They haven't bought enough uh, publishers to make it one. Yeah. But it's it's dying to go down this road of people, uh, the console manufacturers are just going to start buying up the publishers and I think that's kind of well, hopefully that, gross. Hopefully that just means a lot of publishers will just get a lot more funding to create better games rather than worry about like publishing. Like Microsoft. Will what do you mean? It's, it's, it's all going to go straight to Bobby Kotick. Oh, God, right. that was the other thing big, I wanted to mention. Oh, God, he's going to get such a big pay out of this. Oh, God. He is getting a big pay out of this. Yeah. Apparently, apparently in his contract, it said that if he if he loses his job from corporate buyout, he's getting paid out almost two hundred ninety five million dollars. Oh my god! Fuck. And that that doesn't even that doesn't even include the shares that he's got as well. And the shares are probably going to go up after this. And 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 what would be his otherwise normal salary? I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. The only way he would have made like very little money from losing his job is if he was fired for uh, for no reason. Yeah. Oh wait, no, it was fired with a reason. Yeah, fired yeah. with a reason. Fired for no reason, he would have gotten a massive payout. If mm. he died, he would have gotten a massive payout. If he got disabled, it was a massive payout. Well, maybe this is the way for Todd. This is to say, like Microsoft is going to save Activision Blizzard and be like, "Hey, remember all that shit that's going on with you guys? Yeah, we're just going to throw money at the problem and just sort of like." cut off the top layer or the bad parts and yeah hey come speak on come speak with major nelson on the podcast <laughs> on his- that that's that's also another thing i was worried about because uh, uh, the way i see it uh the way activision was going at the moment uh a, a union was going to start forming with the activision employees and 
uh, even with union busting that Activision would have tried, I don't think they would have succeeded. I think the uh, union would have gone through and that would have massively changed the landscape of the industry for developers. And now I don't see that happening with Microsoft. I think they have much stronger stance to bust any unions they want. I, Microsoft probably just got a lot more like better policies and procedures behind it because they'll probably, they've hopefully they've got some sort of thing because you sort of don't really hear about this type of thing happening or from what I understand, Microsoft mostly runs on a contract, yeah. a contractor basis, and not like part-time, permanent, part-time sort of thing. Oh, that, so that's just the way that like all companies are being run, from like government to the private sector. Everything's sort of becoming project-based. Yeah, exactly. But um, it, unions would have helped with that, and I think Microsoft is a much better position to bust a union than Activision was going to be in. Or if you get uh, if you get them to a point where like they don't think they need a union, it's like okay, no yeah. worries. But yeah, it should be interesting. We'll probably hear in like. 25, 30 years time when the real story comes out when they release a six-part <laughs> series on it. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I, got, I got one devil advocate question before we move on. If, let's let's say, zero rumors of Microsoft buying out Activision Blizzard, right? Let's let's say all of, all of those tweets and rumors and everything just disappeared from the internet. If Activision Blizzard comes out tomorrow and says, we're only going to do Xbox exclusives from now on without any kind of like corporate, uh, like... Um, buyout or anything else just uh, bobby Kotick comes out like trots out um stands up on a big podium and just says we're only going to do uh xbox and pc would you have the same issues uh yeah i'd still kind of had the same issues because again big third party uh publisher just going exclusive to one console really hurts the industry in my opinion no nah, i don't i reckon it's a i reckon it's a good thing like that whole competition breeds better things that's my opinion I, I don't think this is competition i think this is just corporate buyout they're two separate things to me it becomes competition of who has more money to spend and microsoft definitely has more money to spend than sony does yeah 100 percent. but that's but everybody still thinks sony has like the better exclusive and maybe this is microsoft going all right let's buy a bunch of companies get them to do really good exclusives and it's like cool we've won and they were doing that already they've they bought out obsidian and ninja theory for those exact reasons and they're doing more You've got to compete, have more exclusive, you can't have just one or two. Right, but again, this is like on the basis of these companies make like five to ten games a year. It it feels pretty gross that they're doing this to me. Eh. When it when it when it's a when it's a small development studio that does one game every three to five years, that's that's more comp that's more of a thing of uh, let's bolster our generation a little bit and less less bolster our year by buying out something huge but will they go i'm not even or maybe for some things i'll go fully exclusive but i don't even reckon for call of duty they'll go full exclusive just yet anyway they've already played their hand with bethesda by saying they're going to make all of those exclusive i don't think they're going to do the same they they won't do the same for activision i don't know call of duty does have a very big audience on playstation sort of see with bethesda you can sort of take it or leave it um, well, the deal doesn't get finalized until 2023 anyway. Let's sort of see what else, what Sony does in response, because they still really haven't done They acquired a bunch of studios last year, sort of in response to the Zenimax thing, like Bluepoint. Yeah, and again, with Bluepoint, it's like a, a studio that they worked very closely yeah. with, so it kind of made sense for them to buy them out. Like, like I, I'm taking the stance of stu- a studio, I'm fine with. Like, even with Microsoft, I've been okay with certain buyouts that i've mentioned already it's just these big ones that are really frustrating 
Yep, fair enough. I don't really have too much more to add. Uh, any last thoughts from you, Steve? Nah, I think it's a good thing. We'll see. Time will tell. Time will. Time makes fools of us all. We'll see how we go. Us ex-pros can't, can't stop winning. Game passes. He says this because he has stock in Microsoft. I don't want to talk about my stocks in Microsoft. They went. They've been going down since like December last year. So let's just. It's insider trading at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check check it tomorrow and get back to us. It's, um, it's fake money until it's real money. Until I, yeah, I, exactly. It's always a loss until you take it out, right? So there's this thing called uh, cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was fucking waiting for you to mention it. Um, yeah, cool. Um, I feel like that's probably uh, all we really have to say on the news section. Yeah, we were starting to go around in circles there. Yeah, no, nice, yeah. Let's play. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But that's 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 fine. Um, I mean, it, it is it is a very big story at the moment. So, you know, I think it's worth spending some time on it. Anyway, the final thing, uh, well, two, two final things. That doesn't make any sense. There are two more things that we're going to do <laughs> in this episode before we end. Um, the first is our, hopefully, very brief, looking at how long we've been going for, uh, retrospective of 2021. Uh, should we just do a quick, um, hmm, should we do each person's top three? And then each person's most anticipated. That that might be better rather than each person's both. Uh, yeah. Steve, what what were your top three for twenty twenty one? Top three games. Oh no. Um. Well, I cheated. I didn't play a lot of games that were released last year. Um. So I've really only got like a top two. They're like games that I recommend. I did play a couple of other games, but that came out last year. But I'm not going to recommend them. But Halo Infinite definitely number one. If you couldn't tell, I really love that game. I love the multiplayer. I love the campaign. Mwah. We get it. You have Microsoft stock, okay? You can shut up about it. <laughs> really? If you've got Game Pass, you're the real winner because you don't have to pay for the campaign. Um, and new- It might be free to play, but if you make a donation to Microsoft of $17,000, uh, I, I, it would really help me out. No, $68.7 billion. Just, just you, <laughs> you have to pay for Game Pass, so you pay for the game. So, so well, we're going to get on this edition. <laughs> wow. The game. Listen, you got that RPG thing. I yeah, got this. Technically. Um, so there's also a new Pokemon Snap as well. While it's not like a traditional Pokemon game, I absolutely loved it when it came out. It has so much soul and character, and it keeps the nostalgia from the original ones that came out like 20 years ago with injecting all the new Pokemon in like from all the generations without like sort of favoring Gen 1 or Gen 3 or anything. And it looks like it, this custom set pieces and like that, that is what it is type of thing. But it just looks amazing and it does give a lot of variety of courses. There are different ways you can interact with the Pokemon itself. Oh, I love that one as well. Um, so yeah, my top two games of last year were Halo Infinite and New Pokemon Snap. Excellent. Uh, Seth, what were your top three? Or two, or however many. So number three, I would have, I would say, is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, Did that only come out fun, last uh, year? Yeah, yeah, that only came. That came out uh, around April last year. Far out. Uh, yeah. Uh, very enjoyable game. Bit glitchy. Um, but a, a bit short as well. But overall, very enjoyable. Something I enjoyed a lot. Um, second place is Metroid Dread, which just slightly eked it out. But I think Metroid Dread is a much more replayable game than. Ratchet and Clank is to me and I kind of value that a little bit more and I have still been itching to go back to that game and play through it on hard modes to get those extra unlockables I missed so I think that little bit of an itch and that little bit of extra replay value just eked it out into the second place spot for me and with how much I talked about it in recent podcasts if it wasn't obvious yeah yeah, yeah. if you're if you're following along at home pause now and think I wonder what Seth's most played or favorite game of 2021 is 
Dun, 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 dun. Did you guess Hello Kitty Island Adventure? Well, you're an idiot. It was obviously Final Fantasy XIV. Tell us why, Seth. Yeah, Endwalker was just fantastic all around it. Um, really great story, a lot of fun. Uh, if it wasn't obvious uh, that I really enjoyed my time with this uh, expansion, then um, I've been doing my job badly. Well, technically, didn't Final Fantasy fourteen not come out last year? <laughs> the expansion came out last Surely. year, which is what counts. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I count expansions as new games, yeah, so well, we're going off that logic. Yeah, and from the size of from what you've heard and what you've spoken about, it is the size of a new game. And so is the wait time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I spent just as much time in those queues as I did in the game. <laughs> what about you, Patrick? What was your game of um, last year? Oh, th- th- thanks for asking, Steve. Um, let's see. Uh, so I got to say, honorable mention first to Hades, because I know it came out two years ago, but I only really played it last year. Uh, only I actually got into it um, New Year's Eve last year <laughs> and, and played it a ton since, um, but technically can't count that. Uh, I... Hmm. I don't know what order these would be in, but I think number one would be Monster Hunter Rise, uh, just based on hours played and the innovations that it has relative to other Monster Hunter games, and we didn't talk about it on this episode, but I've been playing the PC re-release of that. We'll probably talk about that when Josh is back, because he's also been playing it quite a bit. Um, Second would probably be Forza Horizon 5, um, excellent racing game. We discussed that for... An hour, I think, in episode the two or three. The Horizon Power Hour. The Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, which you can go back and listen to for, for more of our thoughts on that. Uh, and then number three, I actually don't really have a strong number three. I um, I was sort of ballparking putting Inscription there as, as the third game because there are a few games that I could put there, but I can't think of too many that it came that, that came out last year that I've played that are that, are that memorable. Like, um, I think I put Inscription there just because it was something different and when you realize that it's basically all done by one guy it makes what came out more impressive and i really liked it and really got into it for the 15 or so hours that i played it uh and with a new it's almost dlc but it's basically a mod that um re-loops some of the better parts of the game um i think it's called casey's mod uh i intend to to head back into inscription at some point but yeah i guess that'll be my top three what about you josh since uh, since you mentioned honorable mentions, I also want to quickly get off my chest. Uh, my honorable mentions are both near games. I played those last year, and absolutely love them. Such fantastic games. Yeah, and my honorable mentions. Um, Hades as well, pretty good, a fantastic game. Um, Spiritfarer. I know that came out in twenty twenty, but I played it last year, and that's such a uh, an emotional game as well. Um, and Digimon Cyber Sleuth as well. That was fantastic. I really enjoyed my time with that. Cool uh most anticipated for 2020 yeah this year right most anticipated for this i keep it, it's just struck me because i uh today that it's like oh yeah it's actually 2022 now <laughs> so most, yeah it still most feels like 2020 it really does so most anticipated for this year <clears throat> oh far up uh most anticipated for this year shall we reverse the order yeah let's go patrick first <laughs> Fair enough. I actually, I actually was not prepared for that. I was thinking we'll just have you two swap. Okay. Um, in no order because I actually don't know which order of these I'm, I'm interested in more. Um, I want the Saints Row game, which I think is still slated for this year. I know it was pushed back. I, I want that to be good. Saints Row Five. Uh, really looking forward to that. Um, Pokemon Arceus, which is right around the corner. 
I really want that to be good. And would we count Dawnbreak, the the Monster Hunter Rise DLC, as its own thing? Is it Sunbreak? I think I, I count oh, it. If sun, I can, Sunbreak. I don't know. Dawn Sun. If if I counted Endwalker, that can count. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty excited for that because Iceborne, um, if if Dawnbreak or Sunbreak, whatever it is, is to rise what Iceborne is to Monster Hunter World, I'm going to be playing a lot of that. So though that would be those would be my three picks. Yeah, and for me, my uh, so going in backwards order again, number three is Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. Uh, they've had a couple of demos out for that, and that's just a really fun game. And every every trailer that they put out for that is just an extra layer of I fucking love this. It's so stupid. It's amazing, and I cannot wait for that game. Uh, number two is Bayonetta Three. I I really love the Bayonetta games, and Bayonetta Three from that gameplay trailer they put out just looks absolutely fantastic. And number one is if it doesn't get pushed into twenty twenty three, then Far Fantasy sixteen. And mine. I'm surprised that Elden. Sorry, just just. Quick, I'm surprised Elden Ring isn't on that list. Oh yeah, it isn't. I was thinking it. I was thinking about it. Um, but those three eke it out just a little bit. Fair enough. Yeah, interesting. I, I definitely thought Elden Ring would have been there. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Steve, what about you? Oh uh, yeah. So in my reverse order, so number three, Digimon Survive. It's sort of like a Fire Emblem sort of take on the Digimon series. That's been it's been delayed like last two years. So hopefully it comes out this year. Can't wait for it. Um, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, so, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, uh, the spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio series. That should be fantastic. They've got um, Hideki Niyuma, the original composer, going and joining it. So it does seem does have a lot of soul, and I cannot wait to get into that. And number one, and speaking in exclusive, <laughs> um, Starfield, um, the newest thing to come from Bethesda. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and that's, I'll leave it at that. Um, I haven't really seen a lot of the gameplay stuff because I sort of want to be surprised by it. But yeah, I'm still looking forward to it though. Hopefully it comes out in the first half of 2022 and not on like Christmas or something. Fair enough. Uh, and the final thing for... Um, uh, probably we'll put a little note in here. Um, obviously Josh isn't with us for this episode. We will be sure to grab his thoughts and lists on these when he is back. Um, but the final thing for this episode is our beloved audience question. Uh, we have a question from a huge fan. They write, what is the most impressive gaming achievement you've personally completed? And what is the most impressive gaming achievement completed by anyone? And an example listed is, uh, that was that the, the happy hob? I don't, am I, am I reading that right? Um, the, the, the hitless back-to-back run of Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, which side note holy shit yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, far, that's very impressive um and the fan signs off uh amanda hug and kiss big fan um i i am uh grateful for amanda hug and kiss uh to to write in like that uh if you would like to send in your own audience question you can write into our mailback at fasttravellounge at gmail.com um basically anywhere fast travel lounge will probably end up seeing it um try to make it uh, well, like try try to open with the question before you before you load the rest of it with with the the, the hateful comments. Um, just makes it more fun to read. All the praise. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we need that sometimes <laughs> to keep us going. Um, I don't really know. Should we start with most impressive game achievement you guys personally completed? Um, I don't know who wants to start. If if someone has an achievement that they can think of off the top of their head. I don't know. Yeah, 
I don't really, but the most frustrating thing I ever completed was getting the Platinum on Bayonetta on PS3. If anyone knows anything about Bayonetta on PS3, that is the worst way to play that game. Why? What's it? Is it just shit? Or... So the PS... The 360 version, I think, runs at like the proper 60 frames per second that the game's supposed to run at. The PS3 version dips anywhere from 30 to 15 and <laughs> lower. Unlucky. <laughs> and, and the load times are absolutely horrid. So in a game where you've got to constantly restart and deal with the loading times, it is not a fun experience to platinum that game. <laughs> but I did it. Yeah, I don't don't know what mine would be. Last year I went and hundred percented um, Final Fantasy thirteen, and that's not like hard. It's just fucking grindy, and I got fucked over by yeah. RNG for a bit. I feel like a lot of the things is like very grindy things that I would have done, and nothing like actually pretty impressive grinding's pretty like if you can make yourself do it like i'm well i've got a the complete living pokedex that i've got is pretty good um I, yeah mm. i did yeah, that as yeah, well. you guys have gen, as well. uh, up to the end of gen 6 uh if if you want to talk about grindy i also got every platinum trophy for the kingdom hearts games oh, okay no PS3. holy fucking shit bro get help that's fucked <laughs> <laughs> I love those games. Isn't there like one of them? Like, Cle- Cle- I I hope, Seth, for your sake, I hope you love those games because if you don't, uh, get help. How do? You- yeah, no, I love those games, so it's. Isn't fine. there like one of them where like you have to beat it on the hardest difficulty without like changing your keyblade, and the first keyblade is like garbage. No, uh, the way people handled that trophy is that they do an easy mode run to not change equipment because you get extra bonuses, and then they do the hardest difficulty where they're allowed to change their stuff. Ah, uh, it's, it's not, it's just not one, one thing; it's two things. Okay, never mind. Then play on. Um, yeah, fucking hell. The the vo- the worst one was that birth by sleep takes a hundred hours. Fucking, whoo, whoo. Oh, your classic persona <laughs> game. Uh, <laughs> um, oh man, holy fucking congratulations! Good stuff, man. Um, yeah, I couldn't fucking do this anything like that. I think the Final Fantasy one took me like seventy, but that was all RNG shit. Um, and you have to sort of sit through Final Fantasy thirteen story. But yeah, apart from that, the Living Pokedex, I don't think done. Oh, yeah, nothing springs to mind. I collected all the masks in Majora's Mask. If that sort of counts. I just opened up my um, Steam achievements page. And sort of by rarest, uh, rarest in terms of percentage of players uh, that have it. Uh, and my rarest achievement is apparently in the Jackbox Party Pack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lieswater, what's my name? I don't even know what that achievement would have been for. Apparently only 0.3% of players have that and I'm one of them. Yay me. Uh, second one, which I guess is actually more impressive, is the ultimate collector of Monster Hunter World, which should surprise no one. <laughs> yeah. But- uh, 0.8% of players have that one. How'd you go with that? That would take a long time to do, I can imagine. Yeah, well, I don't know, because, like, is, is some, yeah, it's sort of like the, the Kingdom Hearts. Like, it wasn't, it's not difficult to get Monster Hunter achievements. It's just a collection of RNG if you're trying to go for, like, crowns and... I don't know, grindy maybe of just like um, having to do a lot of small tasks to accomplish a larger goal. None of them being particularly hard. Like um, uh, I don't know, like someone someone completing one of those really difficult, like like ju- um, jump king or getting over it or whatever. Like completing those games quickly would be a an impressive achievement. And by comparison, just running around collecting stuff isn't that hard to do because the skill required is very low. It's a very low barrier to entry. You just have to do a lot to get there. 
um i mean in in rise up until uh sunbreak comes out on the switch i've collected every piece of high rank armor why i don't know <laughs> but i have on the switch and you had the time to do it yeah. exactly yeah, and, fun, and i, I have the living pokedex yeah yeah and like and i have the living pokedex like a lot of i don't know uh, there's, there's not a lot of stuff that i can think of that's um impress oh um i guess gaming leaderboard wise at one stage uh i was in the top 20 of burnout paradise players back on playstation 3 oh, but that was but that that's kind of difficult to say because i don't know what that was based on <laughs> like like the the leaderboard had me in the top 20 briefly when i was doing ranked races and stuff but I don't know if that's, you know, for like, you know, the month or that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't think it was like an all-time leaderboard, I guess. But that at the time and even now that I think about it is impressive by my, in, in my books. So that would probably be some combination of that and Monster Hunter would be mine. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at like the, when it's like the true achievements thing, so I can look at all my Xbox achievements list. I've completely forgotten, but I've gotten all the um, Final Fantasy 15 and, Final, and Fallout 4 achievements. I also did all of Final Fantasy yeah. 15 trophies, and that's a game I actually dislike. <laughs> I love Final Fantasy 15. We're not having yeah, this discussion. Yeah, another, yeah, another time. <laughs> For another time. Actually, Throw Josh in the deep end when he's back with it. I think it was in 2009, maybe? Or maybe 2011. I was in like the top 10 of the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 3 ranked. Um, oh, yo. <laughs> I'm not really sure how, <laughs> how many people were, all, were also in there. At some points, I was in the, like the top fifty for getting all the Crash Bandicoot three trophies the fastest. Oh, cool! That's cool. But I've dropped since then. Well, you have to get back on it. Got all the achievements for Adventure Time Pirates of the Encyrodian. So I was uh, <laughs> for the second part of this question though. Um, I was actually having a hard time thinking about that, but something happened at Games Done Quick recently that actually um topped it for me, like made an answer for me. Uh, someone defeated Sekiro Shadows Dies twice blindfolded in two hours. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Wow. Yeah, no, that's fucked. Um, yeah, uh, Mitris the, was a speedrunner. I don't know who that is. But holy shit, no, that's 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 amazing. Far out. That, yeah, that's, that's that, that is a run I need to watch at some point. Yeah. That is but nuts. just hearing about it is like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, that um, small ant completing Super Mario Odyssey blindfolded, pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't know. I any anything that people are blindfolded for is pretty pretty impressive in my book. Although a hitless back to back run of Dark Souls one, two, and three, that's also very impressive. Yeah, that's that's three full games going, abs no hits. That's yeah. that's kind of insane. Mm. Now do it blindfolded. Yeah, <laughs> then we'll talk. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really seek out the impressive players. I seek out the entertaining players <laughs> when I'm watching content. Yeah, good point. Sometimes if I see like a good speed run doing something, I'll have a quick look and I'm like, oh, well, that's not how you work that out. And I mean, like in isolation, there are things that are very impressive, like um, uh, the, you know, beating BDSP in like Pokemon Blinding Diamond, Shining Pearl in like 20 something minutes yeah. <laughs> after, after all those exploits were found. That's pretty impressive in its own right. Um, or there's some, there was, oh, there was a speed, there was a speed uh, running hack on uh, Hitman, which came out a while ago, like a few months ago now but i only saw it recently of for one of the levels i forget which one somewhere in hitman 2 uh at the raceway i really don't remember the name of the level anyway um you can complete it in 25 seconds if you uh stand on a muffin 
to get a tiny height boost and shoot through like a false wall in the background of like an environment to kill one target instantly and then carefully line up and snipe uh, the other target and like you know prior to that strat being discovered the times were in the minutes and then suddenly someone discovers this strat known as the muffin strat and it takes 25 seconds pretty impressive yeah. but again maybe not more impressive than doing something blindfolded i don't know yeah. oh i mean, wasn't there a thing where someone was playing dark Souls with one of those donkey Kong bongo drums <laughs> or, or the guitar yeah, i remember controller. hearing about that <laughs> yeah something about playing dark souls creatively that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always gonna be up there but i think that probably does it we'll have to get josh's thoughts on that as well <laughs> later on when he's back um but that does bring us to the end of episode eight yes it was eight right yeah good yes <laughs> and it brings us to the end of episode eight um uh you know th- thank you for for uh listening uh, it's good to be back in 2022 uh hopefully everyone had a good break uh hopefully we'll be back to a more regular uh schedule after our breaks and things and gotta keep my new year's resolution no kid cats we on too many breaks <laughs> I said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you shouldn't have said. You should have let him go through it. Acknowledging <laughs> uh, well, it only makes it worse. We're definitely back. <laughs> Once you've heard it, it's already been acknowledged. You can't unlaugh yeah. at it. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Fast Travel Lounge. Patrick here from the Fast Travel Lounge. I'm fast traveling from the future to tell you that coming up next we have uh, some probably fairly spoiler-laden discussion of Spider-Man No Way Home. So if you want to listen to us talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, then feel free to stick around. Otherwise, no worries, and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you. Quick, quick, quick Spider-Man chat then. Um, we all saw it. I assume we all really liked it. Yeah, I fucking loved, I fucking loved it. it. I'm so fucking oh. glad I wasn't spoiled. Okay, um, actually, <laughs> for the Australians, which is never wrong, it's not me. Did you actually see it in, in theatres? Yes. Yeah, I saw it in theatres. I saw it before our numbers started rising, like, really horribly. Yeah, so, so like, were, were they, were, were they, like, mul- sorry, better question. Was it, like, an actual, like, like, were there people in the theater with you, or was it so socially distanced there's like fucking five people in there and you're one of them? Oh no, mine was pretty packed. Yeah, mine was, pa- I, mine I was, was packed as well. Like, there was nobody sitting next to me and my group of friends, but there were people behind us and in front of us. <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, I mean, had seats like you that mean as well. In your group of friends, no one sat next to you? <laughs> no, there was like me and my three friends, <laughs> and there was no one next to yeah, us. Yeah, they're all sitting seats away from you, and then on the other side of them were other people. <laughs> we don't want to get sick. Social <laughs> yeah, distance, fair right? Yeah, so so I, I watched it in a, in a fairly crowded movie theater as well, and um, when oh, we're just we're just going to spoil this, right? Spoiler alert: if you haven't seen No Way Home or seen anything on the internet for the past month, yeah, no, I'll I'll also put in a uh, spoiler warning and tell people when to skip to. Yeah, so. sweet. Okay, cool. So when um when when Toby and Andrew showed up, uh, both times that they appeared on screen, the entire cinema just started clapping, and yeah, no, mine not mine popped off. Real yeah, ho- real I fucking hard. hated and, it. 
This is a public what service. No, 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 no. Sorry, no, no, no. I loved the moment in the movie. I hate how people clap. Okay. Sorry. Okay. No. Oh no. Okay. So mine wasn't claps. Mine was cheers. I hate fucking cheers as well. Like, shut the fuck up. I have fun. <laughs> Why do you think no one sits next to you? <laughs> well, I'm quiet. Everybody should be sitting. I don't sit next to anybody else because they're all yahooing and carrying on. This was the this was the only time it's happened in a movie for me, and I feel like it was deserved. Do, do you stand up and turn around and go, "Excuse me, this is a library." <laughs> Sometimes I fucking wish I would. Oh. Every um, Marvel yeah, movie no. does it. Everyone's always like, "Oh, where?" <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I watched Endgame and a few other Marvel movies in cinemas, and I never had people yeah, cheer or clap. That's really? exactly what like I was going to say. I, I oh. saw I saw both parts of um. Event, uh, Endgame. What? what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is it Endgame Part One and Two? Because there's Infinity War and it, Endgame. There's, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, um, yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's but, Infinity War and an Endgame. Yeah, yeah. But what's like? Is is there like a collection of the two of them? I don't, I think, don't so. think so. No. Okay, so so I watched Infinity War and Endgame in cinemas, and yeah, basic not not dead silence, but like no no popping off for for the finale of either film. Well, <laughs> actually, no one would pop off at the finale of Infinity War anyway. But <laughs> uh, but no one no one popped off in Endgame, and it's funny because uh, actually I. I I will not lie. There was a little bit of a pop off when I met with Captain America had Mjolnir. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can see how that would work. Not not in where I saw it, but yeah, fair enough. But um, the Avengers Assemble moment was recorded and played at work because, uh, uh, for for reasons, <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, and and everyone was like, "Wow, it's really cool that that you know people are uh, still keen to watch these sorts of movies in cinemas." And yeah, it's the first time that I've been in a cinema that like actually kind of popped off at all. And it was when Toby and Andrew came back. Yeah, there was like a big pop for uh, Andrew as soon as he took off the mask. And then, and then an even bigger pop for Toby. Toby's face. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he got a bigger pop. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, like, uh, so uh, talking about the movie, actually, I really enjoyed Andrew Garfield in that movie. Uh, he was pretty I, good. I enjoy, I enjoy Garfield as Spider-Man. Uh, I, he was just given shit to work with. His movies God. were so yeah. bad. <laughs> it took me way too long to realize you weren't doing a Chris Pratt bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, Andrew Garfield, now voiced by Chris Pratt. Uh, that is the way. Um, I did I, like Electro, though. The Electro yeah. movie and Electro in this movie. I really enjoyed that. That was fantastic. Yeah, Jamie Foxx was great yeah. in this as well. Everyone, everyone was great. Willem Dafoe deserves a fucking Oscar for that performance. He was so good in that movie. Yeah. That, that that whole movie was so good. Yeah, it was really good. The only things, I, I the only complaint I'd probably have, is that I wasn't a fan of um Aunt May doing the whole great power comes great responsibility bit. You know that that had to come though. Yeah, I think that, I think they legally have to do it. <laughs> it, it it just felt a bit forced. Well, no, think all. think think about it because they they um they actually... didn't do an Uncle Ben in this uh, in this universe for him, so they had to replace it with Aunt May. Yeah, and I I was actually just about to wonder because i i know that martin sheen played uncle ben and andrew garfield spider-man but did he die in one or two he died in one it's like in the first 20 minutes because that that would have been so sick if if in toby Maguire's trilogy first like first movie uncle ben slash aunt may dies and then andrew garfield's second film for whatever reason is the one that they die and then here it's the third film that would have been kind of sweet but never mind i didn't like oh actually no sorry i did like uh they killed aunt may off yeah, I I'm I was fine with that decision as well. No, I just think it's like a pivotal. Like, like the way in which she died, or what do you mean? No, like the actual like act itself, because it's you get so used to like oh everybody's gonna be okay. 
this felt like a Marvel movie with consequences. Yeah, it yeah. did. It really did. Um, and uh, and and the the whole Andrew Garfield finally saving um, Mary Jane. MJ. Or like yeah. his was Gwen Stacy though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like he saved. Everyone but he got the save. Yeah, yeah he got. Yeah. I'm so glad it was him that got the save. Yeah. And and his his face and reaction to doing it was so perfect. Yeah, yeah it was fantastic. Apparently, uh, from from reading shitty tabloids online. That was the bit that he saw in the script, and he's like, "I don't care what the rest of the script says. I'm doing it." Yeah, Which, yeah, I've heard that. Good on him. Um, oh, I don't know if I fucking told you guys this, but um, just speaking to the the Marvel movie with consequences thing, I went and saw the second Amazing Spider-Man film in theaters, and I went to saw it with a bunch of mates, and I was just so ready for for her to just like somehow come back to life at the end of the second film with the power of friendship and true love and all that shit. So when it cuts to her funeral. If, if anyone was in that same showing, there's just me bursting out laughing, <laughs> realizing she's actually dead. Jesus. We, Jesus Christ, dude. We all process grief like, different ways, I like, guess. Like, I, I, I look to the left and right, and people are fucking crying. And then I just realize, like, oh no, she's dead, dead. And then that was just the funniest shit that, like, they actually killed off a character like that. Uh, what do you mean, the, uh, the, the old punk to the head? The, the, well, so for me, right? There are so many films where someone falls a great height and they get swept off their feet or whatever at the bottom and they're fine. When they would, like, that would kill them, right? Like, every time Iron Man fucking flies down and intercepts someone at, like, 150 kilometers an hour when they're inches away from the... That would kill them, right? And so, and so, anytime that some, like, like, in a Spider-Man film when there's, like, a web that goes down and catches someone right before they hit the ground, that would also it would fucking rip their internals out and so the fact that this is the the one well there are probably a few cases but this is one obvious case where it didn't matter because you know that like she, she had too much momentum and fucking died even though she technically got caught by the web or whatever at the end i just assumed that it was like every other time of oh no it doesn't matter because she'll have survived this somehow like everyone else that gets saved in a similar way and so that's why it made it funny to me of just, so now they're drawing the line here, you know? She, but she, she's just a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, oh, uh, tangentially related. Into the Spider-Verse, now on Netflix. Saw it again. Uh, holy shit, still best, one amazing Best Spider-Man film. movie. Yeah. I still think it's the best no, one. you're right, 100%. I agree, it's great. And they hinted, I think they hinted that the second one was coming at the end of No Way Home, if I'm not mistaken. Or there was news around that recently anyway, that it's coming Uh, They dropped year? a teaser trailer. Maybe uh, that was there's, it. Yeah, they dropped a teaser trailer. Part one of that movie is going to be coming out this year. Yeah. It's going to be a two-part movie. Super oh, excited for that. I don't wish it was two parts, but like, I reckon it's going to be good. But I mean, at that point, it's basically just a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> but because I, I feel like a thing with trilogies is that the second one always feels like a and into uh, like it's it's just a story to set up for what yeah. the finale is going to be yeah so at this point they're just getting rid of that uh, seek uh, like part uh, the second movie phase and just going okay so movies two and three are just going to be one long story and jamie fox talking about how um sorry electro but you know played by jamie fox talking about how um he, he wishes there'd be a black spider-man you're like well let me let me tell you yeah. <laughs> let me let me let me take you to the miles verse yeah <laughs> which also tangentially speaking and i won't get too much into this uh, i'll just quickly mention it i finished and platinum the miles morales game which is also fantastic sorry is that kilometers morales 
Okay, the silence went on for too long. I'm sorry. I don't reckon it went on for long enough, big fella. Baby, come back. <laughs> I knew if I just kept it silent, you would have uh, you would have cracked. I was waiting to see yeah. who else would crack first. Yeah, I I wasn't cracking on that. I had to leave it for him. I think it's still a funny joke. But yeah, uh, the Miles game really good. Uh, I I'm really glad that they're doing good things with Miles Morales because everything I've heard is from that about that character is that in the comic run people hated him. So seeing it turn around is really good. Hmm. Yeah, because I I think well, in my opinion, a lot of the hate, partially deserved, is that it seems like a lot of the. Uh, let's make it more inclusive is taking an existing character and then just making them inclusive rather than making new characters that are good enough to be inclusive on, on their own merits. Yeah, you, you just re-skin, and I, yeah. you're just reskinning people at that point. Like a, a little be. bit. And and I, yeah. I think there is a, I think there are positives and negatives to both. I'm, I'm, we're not going to get into this. I'm just saying I feel like some of the hate is justified in the it's kind of a lazy approach to take. But hating for the sake of hating, not okay. Yeah, no, uh, it it also stemmed from, uh, from what I read anyway, is that people thought that Miles was a poorly written character. Yeah, and and, and that that just sucks no matter what the character is. Yeah, and he was was kind of forced into being in that role of being Spider-Man, and then, like, just the way he was written was really sloppily. Yeah. So, and also, as, like... I, I can't I, I'm I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I'm like I'm think I'm like the one person of color on this podcast. Uh yeah, I also agree with that take of it. Just to make a new character. Don't don't change someone else to be a person of color. It's better when you make a n- new original character to be inclusive. All I'm gonna say, white white's also a color. <laughs> Isn't technically a shade. <laughs> actually. Um, yeah, actually. Um, but yeah, um Fair enough though. Yeah, is there anything else we wanted to touch on for Spider-Man? Because we basically just touched on, hey, these these actors are great and these moments made people pop off. But is there like anything specific anyone wants to talk about? Well, all are true. Um, I don't know. I I keep seeing the the Squirtle Hello Peter meme, which <laughs> funny every time I look at it. It is very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, um, oh, yeah, actually, will... speak, speaking to that, I, I love that Doc Ock had like a redemption arc. I think that was really cool. Oh yeah, I like that as yeah. well. Yeah, he fixed him. That was the idea. No, I love. That was really good. Because I, yeah, I was I'm... really on board with Spider-Man too. Because it was like, yeah, I'm actually kind of on board with someone trying to, you know, make the world a better place. And it's like, oh shit, he went crazy, and you know, suit started controlling him. Blah 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 blah. It's really cool that, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like the the Wreck-It Ralph. Like, I may be bad guy, but I am not bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I I will say I was a little disappointed with um with Tom Hardy's appearance in the movie just being to leave a drop of the symbiote behind in this universe, because uh did you did either of you guys watch Venom two or plan on watching uh, it? I'll watch it eventually. It's on the list. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really. I mean, yeah, okay. Venom Venom was a good watch. I don't really care about spoilers because I'm gonna watch it regardless. Yeah, so like this is like the most minor of minor spoilers since you guys know this already, but the end of that movie has him teleport to this universe. And that movie came out before this, so it's it's supposed to feel like a setup for whatever involvement he's going to have. Cause they were and then gonna, he just they... shows up in a post credit scene in this. And yeah, the, the one that, from, that's all it is. Yeah, the one for Spider-Man 3 shows up and like they leave a bit of Venom. Ven- or the no, no, it was um, it was the Venom from the Venom movies, Tom Hardy. It wasn't um, was it? Uh, Topher Grace. Yeah, no. Ah, oh, shit. It was, 
it was a new Venom. So, like, at the end of Let There Be Carnage, in the post-credits for that, he teleports to this universe. Well, because there, there was some rendition of No Way Home that was going to have Venom in the final fight, wasn't it? I don't know if that was ever in the plans. Oh, okay. So, someone told me that. Uh, you know, completely unsubstantiated source. But, yeah, someone someone mentioned that that was part of one of the really early ideas for No Way Home. So, obviously, that, didn't, that wasn't what happened, but... Yeah, I wonder if that no. was part of the the setup. That that was part of the plan initially at some stage. Maybe, but I also would have, uh, if that was the case, also I would have liked to see Topher Grace and uh, James Franco show up in the movie as well as their characters. Having James Franco have a redemption arc uh, would have been good mm. after Spider Man Three because he kind of like died off to sacrifice himself, and uh, having get him come back to be like have a chance to stay alive after redeeming himself would have been good because yeah although the thing the sorry, thing i dislike finish. yes uh the thing i the thing i generally dislike about um superhero movies before the marvel movies happen is that they always had a tendency to kill off their villains so uh marvel like having this some people some villains will live and if we do anything with them later is up to whatever mm. but it's it's still an interesting idea to have them live so having these characters redeemed in this movie and go to alternate timelines and universes where they'll get to live their lives as uh, normal people that aren't uh, uh super powered anymore is an interesting idea to have yeah so. uh i i was just gonna mention that <laughs> not really related anymore actually but james franco not exactly a hot commodity in Hollywood at the moment, so yeah, no, not, I, not I know why James Franco isn't there, but um, yeah. yeah, like my my thing of like saying, oh hey, I would have liked James Franco is mostly for, for the Harry character. Osborne part, and yeah. yeah, not not the actor himself. I know he's kind of in a uh, state at the moment. Yeah, which while on the subject though, the fact that they got Willem Dafoe to say, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. And oh man, I groaned at that. I liked it. See, that that would have been a pop-off moment. If, if other people had started popping off, I would have joined in, but no one else popped off. So I, just I groaned at that popcorn. so hard. I hate when, <laughs> I hate when media uh, brings in memes like that. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was really good. I thought it was funny. De- definite improvement to the... It's so self-aware. <laughs> uh, God, I love William Dafoe so much. <laughs> William Dafoe was fantastic yeah, in this movie. Oh, it's so good. Like everything about him in this movie was fantastic. The fight scene he has with uh, with Tom Holland in the middle of the movie is so good. Yeah, that's really good. The as way well. his his psychotic smiles and the way he just power bombs it, uh, power bombs him through the uh, through the hole. Yeah, yeah, that's top right. stuff. Yeah, it's really good. I really liked it. Any other closing thoughts on No Way Home before we move on? Uh really yeah. Really good. I'm I'm contending on whether it's top three or top five for me because I do like uh, so for what it's worth. Into Spider Verse and Spider Man Two are one and two. It's contending with Spider Man One for me because I really do enjoy that movie. Fair, and I mean it's technically a difficult comparison to make, right? Because if if they didn't have Spider Man or if they didn't have one of the trilogies, then No Way Home would have been a worse film. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, do, also, do, do, uh, do, you, do you prefer the, the remix of the original kind of thing? Well, if you prefer the remix and the original didn't exist, you would never remix, so... Exactly. Also, one one more tangent. Uh, just having the the whole um, little bit of uh, of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield having a back and forth about their backs hurting was really great. <laughs> uh, that, that and the, uh, do you have any idea on you? <laughs> yeah. how, do, how do I know that you're Spider-Man? <laughs> 
also uh, freaking out over Toby not having any web shooters and it's just natural webbing. That is really yeah, funny. That well. was yeah, good. that was really good. <laughs> it just comes out of you. Like, where else does it come out of you? I, I, actually hate, I actually hate that an artist I follow ruins that joke for me like five hours before I saw the movie. Oh, that's rough. That's why I just didn't watch social I didn't go on social media for like the four days I was waiting for it. Mm. I was not being spoiled. My phone was in the ocean waiting to be repaired. <laughs> Waiting to be repaired, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All those phone updates you missed. Uh, cool, I think that's probably a good place to leave the No Way Home discussion. Yeah. Go see it if fun. you haven't. For the love of God. <laughs> Please see it. It's, it's actually fantastic. Yeah. <laughs>